Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Big sales. Happy Monday to you. Welcome aboard. We appreciate everyone that comes aboard each and every single week here on the National Football Show with Big Sales. Thank you guys so much. Hope y'all had a great weekend. For the record, just when you think, just when you think Jimmy Butler and that Heat team are not going to be there and they're going to get swept, what happens? Heat culture. Heat attitude. They're, they're going to fight you, man. I tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this point to you about certain teams. You know, this, this goes into... This goes into what the Eagles did last year better than any football team, and that includes even the Kansas City Chiefs. Do you know what that is? The Eagles fought, and they fought for 17 NFL weeks. They showed up every single game last year. You can't say that about every team. You can't. You cannot say that about every single team in the NFL. Shit, the Colts ended up beating the Chiefs early on in the season. So to me, I love teams that show up because you know why? The resiliency of some of these teams, dude, you can't, see, you can't coach that. Let me, let me, let me put a point out here to you. You can't coach desire. You can only recruit it and draft it. You can't, you can't develop, you can't develop that. You can't, you're just that. You've got a dog mentality about you. You were born with it. I think that's innate that you just are constant fighting for something. Like, I don't think Bill Belichick coached Tom Brady into being a fighter. I don't think anything coached Jalen Hurts into being a fighter. I think Jalen Hurts is that guy. I think he's a fighter. And and guess what? I think that's what the Eagles are investing in. Okay? I think they're investing in that. They're investing in the fight. Here. Here's the one thing you know when you give Jalen Hurts the money. Jalen Hurts is not going to take that contract and that 255 for granted. Whereas you see some of the people take that money for granted. And what happens? Either they get a different attitude, have a different position or disposition with players in the locker room. Dude, that, I, I, I love watching teams like the Heat. Boy, I'll tell you this. I don't know if they have the persona of Eric Spolstrom, but they sure have the identity of Pat Riley. It just reminds me of Pat Riley. Uh, I, lo- I-, I love watching anybody who fights like that. I really do. Okay. As you know, some of the things and some of the things that people say, okay, they come here for breaking news. 
I, I'm, I, I don't call myself a journalist, but you know, Big Sills knows a ton of folks. Last year, I think the last two years, maybe we've had Marty Colner on, you know who he is, right? He's the creator of Hard Knocks. And HBO is debating whether or not the Eagles would be a team or a candidate to be a hard knocks team. They haven't named it yet. Usually they name that. And usually they 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 kind of have the team in mind, or at least three teams in mind. Okay? Three teams in mind for hard knocks. Are the Eagles a good candidate? And would you want to see the Eagles? On hard knocks. Would that be something? I don't even know if that's in the makeup of the Eagle organization. They're kind of a little like the Al Davis Raiders. They like to keep everything behind the doors of the Novacare Center. I don't, I mean, are there enough personalities? Oh my God, Kelsey would be unbelievable on hard knocks. Callie Green goes, no, thank you. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Could you imagine Kelsey on, he'd be an even bigger star. Have Kelsey, let's see who else would be. Jalen would be as boring as ever, but that's okay. Okay, A.J. Brown would be great. I think Jordan Mulata would be great. How about the singing old lineman? Carter and Jordan Davis would be a hell of a story. Slay, Big Mouth Slay. Hey, hey, right? Big Mouth Slay. That's what I call him. BG would be great. He would. Brandon Graham would be great. Would you like to see the Eagles on Hard Knocks? Yeah, I'd be cool with that. How about Sirianni? Holy shit. Sirianni on hard knocks. What do you think, Tone? Hard knocks, Eagles. Why not, man? You just gave a guy $51 million. Give me a break, dude. I mean, everything's in front of this team. It's the best team in the NFC, least on the roster. Why not? Let the Hey, let the nation see this team. Why do you got to hide it? Or you just want to make it all about ball? It's okay. Make it all about ball. Yeah, Tone's like, I'm with it. Oh, my God. Get this, too. You get to show the fan base. I think the Eagles are a perfect candidate for hard knocks. The psycho fan base, Jason Kelsey, Big Mouth Slay, Hassan Reddick. Man, I think that'd be a hell of a – I think that would be a hell of a series. Don't they normally give that to rebuilding teams or teams with tons of pressure? What, you don't think giving a guy $51 million is a ton of pressure and repeating as NFC champions? The Rave, In my opinion, the best hard knocks was the Ravens. Okay, the Super Bowl champion Ravens. That was the best hard knocks so far, in my opinion. And that was the first one. The Philly media, too? The media scrums? Yeah, man. I love that. Dude, it'd be I, I think the Eagles would be awesome for hard knocks. I'm gonna get Marty Caldner on. Marty Caldner has some say on what teams 
the league, the league has, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Eagles don't have to. Um, and if they, there's some sort of parameters when it comes to picking the team for the hard knocks that the Eagles don't have to. Okay, but man, that'd be great for branding. Look, it's one thing to be branded inside Philadelphia, but I'm talking about national branding. They talk Cowboys, Jets now, Rams. Add in Jalen Carter's storylines. Absolutely, man. Big time distraction. Dude, I don't think anything's going to dent the wall of that close-knit family you have at the NovaCare Center. I don't think anything's going to bust that thing open. So we should run a poll, man. Do you want the Eagles in hard knocks, yes or no? Like, hey, 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 Tone, if we could do that, Philly media is enough to deal with. Callie Green, psycho fan base? Yes, Sue. Hey, hey, Sue, psycho fan base? I mean that with nothing but love. <laughs> okay? Nothing but love. That's not a shot. That's not a shot. The Eagles are like the mafia. No one comes between the family. I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you know, if we're going to do anything stupid to one of the family members, you know, we all, including, go, we have to have um, a tailgate. And we all have to meet. And then we all have to decide. So at Lincoln Financial, we'll have like, we'll, we'll have the conciliators. We'll all sit around. We'll, we'll have a cookout, you know, get the brats going, get all that shit going, get the cookout going. And we'll sit down and we'll go, what do you think? How you doing? Too bad you don't have the wing bowl anymore. You sit down having the wing bowl. But see, nowadays in the Me Too stuff, we can't have strippers and half-naked chicks any longer. Sorry, Sue. But we can't, we, we can't, do, we can't do any of that, you know? It's, it's a completely different world now, right? So, yeah, no. I don't know. I don't think the wing bowl would be in any longer. Could you imagine watching the Eagle fans, the way they talk about the Cowboys? I hope they die. <laughs> Man, people around the country would be like, what did they just say? Could you imagine putting Eagle fan like on hard knocks? I hope that team dies. I hope everyone on that team is dead. They're dead to me. <laughs> you know, you, you know how you get into an argument with your family members, man. Hey, he's dead to me. Hey, that, that, that's what Tone was saying. What are you doing on the West Coast? I'm like, I know, I'm an East Coast guy. That guy's dead to me. Eagles are the second best team in the NFL. Yeah. I don't know. They may actually have the best team in the NFL. Bleed green, absolutely. <laughs> F Dallas. Hey, just so you need bleed green, and, and I know some of you know this, but my, my Stephen Jones autographed helmet that the Cowboys sent me, I pretty much have moved it out of the Dan Cave because we're not looking. Because, you. hey, look, me being Italian, okay, you know Big Sills doesn't like the reverse juju. So I've, I've moved the cowboy helmet out of the studio area because, look, dude, I can't, have, I can't have bad juju. So I've kind of, like, moved it out of there, okay? Cosmo goes, who has the best fan base? Dude, can I tell you, honestly, I would say between Bills, Eagles, 
Steelers, Packers are pretty good. Niners, Niners are underrated. Niners are underrated. They're whining a lot now, but they're underrated. Let's see. Patriots. Patriots have a good fan base. But see, that was only during the Brady era. We'll see how many fans stick around through this stuff going on now up there. There, there wasn't a lot of fans with Steve Grogan and Tony Eason was your quarterback. But because Tom Brady. Oh, hey, real quick, before I move on. Before I move on. So explain this one to me. So Tom Brady is now a minority owner of the Raiders, right? And he's just being sued for the FTX scandal for defrauding investors. How'd that work out? How did the NFL owners approve him being a minority owner of the Raiders and Mark Davis selling him minority share of the team when he's under investigation for defrauding fans? I'm not suggesting you that Tom Brady knowingly defrauded fans, but hey, if you're in the car and somebody robs a 7-Eleven, you're called an accomplice. Okay, that doesn't excuse him. He was in the car. Okay, he was in the car. Yeah, but he didn't mean, oh, I, hey, I, I know, man, I was in the car too. You picked me up and I was sitting on the side of the road and I was looking for a ride home, but the guy robbed the damn 7-Eleven. You are an accomplice. How did he get a minority share of an NFL football team? I thought these things were really kind of like monitored and watched. You know? I thought that was like, I mean, how did, he, how did he get in there like that? Yeah, you know, Tom now is the minority owner of the Raiders. Oh, so this guy gets a Raiders ticket to ownership, and this guy's got a case going on with a bunch of other celebrities where he defrauded the entire country. Okay. Hey, it's good to be Tom Brady, I guess. Twist goes, Brady lost money too. Well, yeah, when you have Ponzi schemes, that's what usually happens. Ask Nevin Shapiro. Nevin Shapiro's doing time now in jail for defrauding people in South Florida. And the University of Miami was selling shit that I did to this guy, writing checks to people and letting him run through the smoke. What a bunch of scumbags those people were that I won't name any names, but the prior regime, what a bunch of scumbags that sold our brand in a Ponzi scheme on shit that I did. Hey, we're the Hurricanes. No, 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 you know you're not. You're the Miami Hurricanes of today. You're not what I did. <laughs> Far cry from that one, dog. I don't think so. You ain't been good in 20 years. See, hey, and you know how much I love the place. You ain't been good in 20 years. Don't, don't, don't consider your, yourself what I did and what Jerome did. Okay, <laughs> you got a long... You got a long hike up that hill yet. <laughs> All right. Oh, by the way, Bucky Brooks has Nicobe Dean on the all breakout team. Oh, wow. Little Nicobe Dean. That's his name for me. Little Nicobe Dean. Good to see you, Jameson. Bucky Brooks, the all breakout team. Wow, that's something special. Got him on the all-breakout team. 
The Kobe has that green dot. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. If you didn't have the green dot on him, I would really wouldn't notice him out there. Dude, your kicker's bigger than this guy. <laughs> Josh Norman's bigger than this guy. I'm like, dude. <laughs> Holy cow, he's a hey, he's a little fella. <laughs> Not little Nicobe Dean. He got the dot? Really? Shit. James Bradbury's bigger than that dude. He's a little guy, little tiny guy. Guy needs a Tokyo phone book to look even big sills in the eye. That's all good, though. You know, hey, what am I going to say? Oh, I want to do this. We have a great Jalen Hurts topic. Sills, but he's got a big heart. <laughs> I love those guys with big hearts. He's like Rocky, right, man? He's got, he's got this, hey, Nicobe Rocky Dean. <laughs> yeah. Nicobe Rocky Dean. Dean picked up 15 pounds. Yeah, too bad he didn't pick up four more inches in height. Seriously, man, this guy sits at the little kid chair. You know, during the holidays, you have the little kid chair over there and the table. Then you got the adult table. He's a little fella. (laughs) He's a little fella. Shit, man, I think Xander's bigger than that guy. Just saying. (laughs) Sam Mills. I wouldn't go there yet. Sam Mills, NFL Hall of Famer. Let's see this kid get on the field first. Little, little, little Nicobe. All right. Boy, do I have a topic for you. And I don't know how you guys are going to take this on Jalen Hurts. We had a really great topic last week. And James, I was really shocked, Tone, that James didn't get, you know, a little bit, you know, temperamental with me and a little like, uh, what do you call? Well, butthurt, you know, because, you know, Big Sill said something about Jalen Hurts not being elite in that it takes time to become an elite player. I think we all agree it was not a rip. And all of you kind of went, yeah, okay, he's not elite. How, how can you say Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers? Well, for two decades, those guys have been elite. And because you thought they had bad years last year, that just shows you the level of play that they've had for two decades. Hurts has played one season. He's played one season. Now, I'm not going to relitigate that conversation we had. I'm not going there. Here's where I'm going with it. I saw statements coming out of the OTAs, and I liked them. By the way, I'm pretty impressed with what's going on with a couple of ball players there at the OTAs for the Eagles. I'm, I'm pretty impressed. But let me start here. And these are the quotes coming out of OTAs. Eagles expect another major jump in Jalen Hurts. Now, I'm asking you, what does that mean? Another jump. Expecting him to get to another level. What does that exactly mean? I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to make another step. Now, I want you to follow along. I'm not saying he's going to get worse. But... What what are you expecting him? Do you think you're looking for improvement in more numbers? Jalen Hurts is not going to get any better than what he is. Jalen Hurts is going to get better at what he's doing and who he is. He's not going to be a 5,000-yard passer, 4,500. His decision-making is going to get better. That's what's winning the games for the Eagles. He didn't put up 
gigantic passing numbers. You know what dominated teams last year? Jalen's decision-making. He's going to get better at being more comfortable with how he wins games. You're looking at it wrong. I heard people say 4,700 yards passing, 35. That's not where you want improvement. You want improvement on decision-making. You want improvement watching every player benefit from having Jalen's decision-making. Look at the two players, actually three players, that benefited from Hurts having the year he had. Miles Sanders had a career year. A.J. Brown had a career year. And Devontae Smith had a career year. As I said to you, Geno Smith had higher passing numbers, completion percentage, touchdowns, everything. More, more attempts, more completions. He was a better passer than Jalen Hurts. Again, that's not the story, though. Jalen Hurts is not, you're not going to see gigantic improvement in numbers. What you're going to see is other players like Dallas Goddard, DeAndre Swift, improving and having career years because the quarterback makes the right decisions. Jalen Hurts is not going to improve to what you see with Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. He's not going to be that. However, he's going to limit the turnovers. The other guys are going to benefit. He's the Pied Piper. That's what I want to see. I want to see Jalen Hurts' decision-making continue to improve, and you won't lose a game. You're right. If you're going to gauge Jalen Hurts on numbers, you're looking at what he is and who he is in the wrong way. His decision-making is what's dominating. How many times have we watched quarterbacks throw for 400 yards and get beat? His, his, the way he goes down the sidelines, instead of taking a loss on the play, he'd rather throw it out of bounds. That's decision-making. That's not taking minus yardage plays. He is by far more patient and smarter than Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. But for you guys to sit here, we expect Jalen to make the next le- uh, the, the next leap. Exactly what is that? Dude, he is going to continue to hone what he is. You may see some fluctuation in numbers, but to me, I'm not gauging him on his numbers. I'm going to look at what the team has done under his direction. Every He did not have a tremendous passing year. Okay, but guess what? With his style of play running and passing, everyone around him had a career year. That's the secret sauce in this guy. That's what separate that's what the Eagles are paying. They're paying for that. For him to continue to make everyone better around him. Tom Brady didn't win a Super Bowl having a career year. Tom Brady had Super Bowls making Amendola, Edelman, Welker, better players. Um, All them wide receivers that he had. Deion Branch. 
That's what makes him and why you're paying him. You're not going to pay a guy $255 million for 3,700 passing yards. Still, she's in a second year. I know. I think you jumped the gate a little bit. You had one season. But they're gambling that, get this, they're not paying Jalen Hurts for those numbers. I get it now. They're paying Jalen Hurts for his decision-making prowess, and they want his experience to improve. And with experience comes poise and patience. And they believe they have the right guy to do that with. That's why they're paying this guy that. You see, when you gave Carson Wentz that money, you were expecting big numbers. Shit, Wentz put up big numbers. But at the end of the day, that's Wentz came back to earth. Because why? He didn't have the intangible that Jalen has. You know what that is? A work ethic to get better in decision-making. What's the one thing that we constantly criticize Carson Wentz for? His decision-making, pat-pat, duck, sack, fumble, scoop, score, field goal, down seven, down three. Before you know it, your team's killed, and you're a four-win team. That's not going to happen with that kid. Tone goes, people have to ask themselves the question, do they want Hurts to have big numbers and lose or less numbers and win? Ask Kirk Cousins how those big uh, empty calorie, or Dak Prescott, how those empty calorie numbers fit. Dude, you don't want Jalen's numbers to go up. They're going to go up. You know where they're going to go up? They're going to go up in yards per carry with less carries. His accuracy is going to continue, and players around him are going to have career years. And it might lead to a 4,000-yard passing season. It might not. Who gives a shit? If he's making the right decisions, that's the next step here. Remember something, stats are overrated. How many times do we, how many times, I'm going to prove a point to you on stats, why they're overrated. Okay. I'm going to prove a point to you. Quarterbacks with stats and why it's so overrated. Okay. You have a guy in the NFL that's one of. Taking the next step for Jalen Hurts is here. And of course, hey, wait a minute. Does he have talent? Welcome to the NFL. He wouldn't be in the NFL, and he wouldn't be collecting $50 million a year paychecks if he didn't. Stop talking like that. We're beyond that now. He's got the money. You see, I'm going to tell you this, too. In the process of evaluating Hurts, I'm learning, too. I'm changing my opinion of the drop back quarterback too he's doing that for me but you know what here hey tone everyone i haven't changed my opinion on josh allen and lamar jackson those two guys are not going to win super bowls unless they get smarter the kid in philly can because he is smart the guy in buffalo and the guy in baltimore are not going to win super bowls unless they get smarter And they got a ton of talent. Jalen is the consummate Tom Brady overachiever. Dude, give me overachievers. Give me 53 of those guys. I'll win every war I'm in. I'll win every war I'm in because they're not going to surrender the foxhole. 
they're not going to put their hand up, tap on a helmet, I want out. That ain't going to work. Organizations are praying for wins, not stats. Correct. See, I saw that stat and I heard everybody. I listened to some of the radio. Yeah, you know, I'm expecting five. Dude, you're missing it. This kid's one of the smartest players in the league. That's my assessment on him. If I were to put an evaluation and one of the critiques I would give on Jalen Hurts, he is a savant of football. He, he, he is so smart. And, 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 and by the way, you know, back in the old days, you know what they would say about a black quarterback? Well, he's a really athletic, gifted guy. They would never start with the, the brain and what it takes to really be a great quarterback. Having the greatest talent on the world, Jay Cutler, doesn't mean you're smart. That guy was a tool. Okay? It was a backhanded slap to the black quarterback back in the day. You start with brains at that position. You got to know where to go with the ball pre-snap. Not like college where they tell you where to go. Okay? No question about it. Dan Marino had stats, no rings. Because Dan Marino wasn't smart. You know why? Dan Marino never developed and helped develop a running game. Jalen Hurts has got the best running game in the league. That's where it starts. Russell Wilson fell apart in Seattle. Why? Marshawn Lynch ran away. They couldn't have a consistent running attack. All the great teams. Play action. Brady, Brady's won seven Super Bowls off of play action and intermediate passing. Not the deep throw. When he had the deep throw, he lost the Super Bowl in an undefeated season. Seconds away from immortality. But he didn't have a run. He, 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 didn't, he didn't have a run game that year. This kid here is going to get better in his process. That's what the Eagles are investing in, is his process. Let me, put, let me, let me give you guys something here. Just because you get paid don't mean you're, you're successful. Here are the top 10 highest paid players going into this year. Lamar Jackson, $52 million as of now. One in three in the postseason. I hope you get a better investment than that. Jalen Hurts, $51 million, two and two. Still yet to be written. And coming off an improved year, no question. Aaron Rodgers, 50 million, 12 and 10, one Super Bowl. I don't know. Right? Makes you relevant, keeps you in the game. You're going to constantly be a division champion, or at least in the conversation. He's probably worth it because he keeps you relevant every year. Okay? Keeps you relevant every year. That's what that's when you pay these guys, you want to be relevant every year. Correct? Russell Wilson, 48.5. 9-7 in the postseason. He kept, he kept Seattle afloat. But look at these numbers. 1-3, 2-2, 12-10, 9-7. Kyler Murray, 46.1 million. He's 0-1. Arizona's not relevant. Well, I mean, er, early in the process, but he, he's not relevant. 
or the Cardinals aren't relevant. Okay. Deshaun Watson, 46 million, fully guaranteed 230. He's one and two. Okay, well, yeah. Here's Patrick Mahomes, 11 and three, 45 million. Dude, you take, you want to hear something? You take Russell Wilson or uh, Patrick Mahomes off this list. The records for all these players are 25 and 26 for the highest paid quarterbacks in the league. Here, Josh Allen, 43 million, four and four. Matthew Stafford, 40 million, four and three. Dak Prescott, 40 million, two and four. <laughs> I mean, there's not, there's not a lot of winning outside of Mahomes here. So just because you make the money don't mean you're delivering. What it means is you keep some of these teams relevant. You keep Baltimore relevant because Lamar can play. Hertz is on a stacked team. And Howie's done a great job keeping that. Here, I'll tell you. Do you know what the – would we not say the storyline for the Eagles this offseason has been how Howie's kept the team intact? How, would, would that not be the storyline? I don't think it's Hertz's contract. Well, I, I, I think it's Howie. He's a, Jalen Hurts is not the offseason story. It's Howie. He kept the team intact, got it more athletic, less experienced, and he did all this coming up with a creative way to do a contract for a $50 million a year per guy, per year guy in Hurts. I mean, hey, by the way, for the record, Eric, Dan Marino's record in the postseason is under 500. Hall of Fame? Put up big numbers. What do you win? He won an AFC title game. Okay. What did he win? Well, he changed the game the way he threw the ball. Okay, fair. That's fair. So, so are you saying he's not a Hall of Famer? No, I'm saying he made the Dolphins relevant. It's the only thing they had. But Dan Marino did the most important thing that ended up derailing what would have been an even better career and something that Jalen does. You know what Jalen does? He spreads the wealth. He got better at his process. Jalen Hurts is a better process quarterback than Dan Marino is. And here's why. Dan Marino never wanted to develop other players on the team. Can you name me a thousand-yard rusher in the history of that franchise under Dan Marino? His name was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I believe. He had 1,000-yard rusher in his entire 20 years in Miami. He didn't believe in running a ball. Well, you weren't going to win then, dude. High picks, high turnovers. Put your team in bad situations, your situational play calling that you had in your own head. Hurt teams in critical situations. Hurts is not going to do that. That's why I tell you, it's about the process. We could never beat Marino. We'd beat Marino all day long because you know why? You just wait for him to make a mistake. He will. He always did. Eric goes, we'd never beat him. Marino beats himself. That's, that's why he lost games. Two AOC championship games in his entire career. I don't know. Sounds like an underachiever to me. 
Sounds like underachieving. Hey, I say this about Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning won one Super Bowl with all that talent in Indianapolis. He underachieved. One Super Bowl? You had a Hall of Fame coach in Dungy. You had two Hall of Fame wide receiver in Wayne and Harrison. You had Dallas Clark. You had an offensive line that was intact for a decade. And you had Tom Moore as your OC for over a decade. And you won one Super Bowl? That's under. That's underachieving. Okay. Eagles were awful against Marino. I'm not talking about those Norman Brain, Brainman shitbag offensive football teams that played against Dan. I'm talking about these complete teams now that we see, like the 17 team. There's not a chance in hell that Dan Marino would have survived that game against the 2017 Eagles. He would never have survived. They beat Tom Brady and the Patriots up. At the end of that Super Bowl, the Patriots were waving the white flag like they were France in World War I. They were surrendering. Surrendering. Eagles beat the piss out of them. I would say this to you. So when you hear people in Philly and around the country going, yeah, I think Hurts would throw for 4,500. That's not what we're after here. Hey, at the end of the year, if it adds up that he has 4K and everyone else has benefited from it, Look, let me tell you this. I've never seen anything like this stat before in my entire life. You had two 1,000-yard receivers, and you didn't have a quarterback throw for four grand, let alone 5,000 yards? I, I, I've never seen that. You had a quarterback throw for under 3,800 yards, and you had two guys, 1,000-yard receivers? You know, I'd like to look that number up and go back in history and see what the quarterback's numbers were on teams that had multiple 1,000-yard receivers. And see what the quarterback's numbers are. That has to be one of the lowest totals in the history, but they were situationally done correctly. Look at the yards per catch. Look at the you, – you, you also know why those guys had great years? Look at the lack of turnovers that were on the team. I think the, I think the Eagles led the NFL in the least amount of turnovers. Okay? Dan Marino. Dan Marino – didn't want to take coaching. He was a baby. Okay? And I'd say this to you, Eric. I've said it before to people. He's not your most accomplished quarterback in Miami Dolphin history. Bob Greasy is. Some would go, Sills, are you trying to say Greasy was a better talent? No. I'm not trying. I never told you that Tom Brady was a better talent than Aaron Rodgers. But a guy that won three AFC title games and one of those teams was undefeated and the only undefeated team in NFL history and he won two Super Bowls and three AFC titles, Marino has nothing on his resume like that. Oh, and by the way, Greasy has a Hall of Fame ring too. So where, 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 where's, where's the accomplishment for Marino over Greasy? This is a team sport. This is a team sport. The more accomplished quarter, hey, between Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, 
You think he's more accomplished than, Stahl, uh, than Bart Starr? Starr won five titles in nine years under Lombardi. I don't know. I don't know. I, right? I think Jalen Hurts has already surpassed Donovan McNabb as the all-time Eagles' best quarterback. I would say this to you. Now he has to put years together, Philly born. Now he has to put the years behind it. You see, how about this? I think this is a better, st- I don't know. Do you think this is a statement that's true? Donovan McNabb right now is still the greatest quarterback in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles. But Jalen Hurts has the intangibles to take that place. He just needs to be elite every year. See, I think Philly Bourne, you make my point. When you, hey, when you look at the two quarterbacks that would lead you, if you had a pick between Jalen Hurts and Donovan McNabb to take your team across the finish line to win a Super Bowl, who are you picking? I'm not picking McNabb. I would never pick that guy. I I think he's a loser. I would take Jalen Hurts in a second. In a second. Shit, I might take Jaws over Donovan. Jaws had guts. McNabb was petty. Bitched at his teammates for their own successes. Dude, he didn't hate T.O. because T.O. had a big mouth. He hated T.O. because T.O. was a better player than him. That's why he hated him. When Deshaun Jackson got the distinction of being the first guy to be a pro bowler at both special teams and wide receiver, he hated that too. His pettiness is what makes him a loser. He's a loser. I mean, and now he's come back to Philly with his hand out and his head down, looking for forgiveness of how he treated fans and how he treated the media. And that's why he still keeps that argument going with T.O. after 20 years. It's him. Okay? Because T.O.'s right. He's not wrong. Well, one guy destroyed the locker room. Hoss, that's your responsibility as a quarterback in this league to make sure that that locker room gets along with everybody. Everyone. Ask Tom Brady. Ask Jalen Hurts. Look at all the personalities that these quarterbacks today have to deal with. When you've got a shitty attitude, Kyler Murray or Aaron Rodgers, you don't win at critical moments. Why? Because your own self-serving needs outweigh the betterment of the team. The sacrifice of one is worth the pain of not having to sacrifice the many. You're, you're on a football team of 53 men that you have to motivate every Sunday, whether they're an asshole or whether they're people that should sit at the right hand of God. You're there to manage everyone. You're there to help everyone, no matter what it is. And if you got to eat a little ego, you got to be Steph Curry or Dwayne Wade. You know why those guys, I love those guys as leaders. They brought personalities into their team like LeBron James and KD, two babies, and they treated them like men. That's why they won with them. Hey, this is your team, KD. Hey, LeBron, this is your team. Everyone knew in Miami. No, it wasn't. It was Dwayne Wade's team. 
and everybody knew it was a KD's team. Were those two guys the best players on the floor? Yeah. But it wouldn't have worked unless the leadership was in the room with Steph Curry and with Dwayne Wade. That's what Jalen Hurts is. Okay? See, Jalen Hurts not only reads the field, he reads the locker room. Something once failed that massively. That's what makes him a $255 million gamble that the Eagles are willing. They have, can you imagine all the conversations they had? And, and to go like this, nobody in their right mind goes like this. Here's $50 million for a one-year wonder. So you think he's a one-year wonder? Let's talk about it. What are we paying for here? You know, once we gave the contract extension, what separates it? It's the man. It's not the numbers. It's how he processes his life. It's how he processes the game. He's being paid for his brain, how he sees it. So when you guys keep going, you know, don't think, and you know, I always try to tell you guys this, try not to think so micro. Think more macro when you're talking about great superstar players. What do they bring to your team that's different from the last guy? Dude, I'll tell you one thing that the Eagles have that probably helped them through the process, what hurts, is, is that they had the failure of Wentz. Okay? Not a very tough guy. I'll, I'll make a point to you. Jalen Hurts couldn't raise his arm according to what, what Peter King said when he played in that giant game. Couldn't raise his arm. I guarantee you Carson Wentz doesn't play in that game. I guarantee he doesn't play. That Seattle game was the last straw for Howie. Okay, not only is he not a good locker room connection guy, he's not tough. Mistake. Didn't have the right coaches around him. Frank left. You had a coach and Doug who was fighting for more autonomy because he was protecting them. He wanted to get better players around him. How he had given up on him. He's not tough. See, Doug's loyalty cost him a job in Philly. I see it now. I got it. I completely got it now. They paid $250 million on a guy on what he is. And who he is, not what he's going to be. They, are, they, are, they want him to get better at being Jalen Hurts. You guys want him to be Joe Burrow. You guys want him to be Josh Allen. He's not. He's not going to be ever any of those guys. But you know what Jalen Hurts? You know what Jalen Hurts' numbers are going to be in a game? 275. 65 yards rushing, two touchdowns. You put those numbers up every game, not turning the ball over, you'll win every fucking game you're in. How many times do we see this? 450 yards passing, three touchdowns, two picks. Two picks come at what? The worst time in the game because he's forcing it late, Josh Allen. You're going to win with... Hurts' stat line more than you're going to win with Josh Allen's stat line. Three touchdowns, two picks. 
Hurts, two touchdowns, 275, and multiple ways of moving the ball. 60 yards rushing, 275, 300 yards in total offense every game. No turnovers and two touchdowns. You're going to win every game you're in. Every game you're in, you're going to win. Or you're going to have to have a Herculean effort like the guy in Kansas City. That was a Herculean comeback. And, and for the record, let's, let's put that into perspective. And again, this is all about Hertz's improvement on the next step and what they're saying. Okay? That was the best second half of coaching Andy Reid has ever had. Andy Reid had to put the greatest second-half coaching plan together to beat Hurts. That's what it's going to take to beat you. See, as much as that hurt, you still have to take the silver lining here with it. Tell you what, how many quarterbacks in the league could come out and throw at that completion percentage and do what he did? And beat the Eagles. I I don't know if there's any. It not only, Eric, took a, a superstar, but it took a superstar coaching effort in that comeback. You guys are looking at this. Okay? All those Prescott numbers, 400 yards, but three INTs. Joshua, and that's why he's two and four in the postseason. That's why he's two and four. Exactly. Guy puts up Kirk Cousins' numbers. Look at, I, I don't even know what Kirk Cousins' postseason numbers are. They have to be horrific. Sirianni, a great coach. I don't know that. I don't believe that. I think he's a solid care. Watch this. I think he's a solid babysitter. I don't really believe that the Eagles have had a coach in that building since Andy Reid. I think you have babysitters in that organization now. I think you'll only have babysitters. And And what babysitters do is they're told what to do not get in the way, stay out of the way, and help continue to foster the culture that the top organization and the executive branch want to have in that building. That's my takeaway. Nick Sirianni's the most replaceable piece in that organization. Finding guys like him will be easy as long as you know the landscape, like Frank told him. Don't bitch with Howie. Don't put your beak in any place that you're not wanted. And you're going to be okay. Stay in your lane. The coaches that want to get out of their lane in Philly don't last. That will be a way of doing business moving forward. Okay? Mr. International goes, he's still respected. Yeah, because you know why? He respects the process. Know your role. Everybody in Philadelphia has... dude. The greatest thing that you can have in an organization is knowing your role and your role being told to you. It's, it's, it's not any, it's not a slam on Nick. 
But what happens with ego and winning, you believe that you built up enough equity where you could start dipping into somebody else's sandbox. And that's where things go sideways. That's why the organizations that have all the clarity in it are the ones with the least voices in it. You got one voice in Philly and you got an owner who allows that voice to be the Pied Piper of that organization. That's why it's working. The thing in Dallas, it doesn't work. Why? Well, the Pied Piper is the owner. The head coach has no respect and no autonomy because you know why? The owner doesn't know his role. When Jerry Jones was at his best is when he knew his role, pay the checks. Pay the checks. Christian goes respect equals wins. Dude, whether Nick Sirianni's the head coach or not, as long as Jalen Hurts and that locker room is the way it is, Nick Sirianni, Bob Sirianni, Nathan Sirianni, I don't care. I really don't. He's the most interchangeable piece in that locker room. Okay? I mean, (laughs) know your role. One of the 48 laws of power is to never outshine the master. Correct. Obviously, too, my boy Tone here is Red Sun Sue. Sirianni understands it's in the best interest to appeal to Howie's ego. He knows he'll go further if he plays his role and sticks to football. It's 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 not tone. It's not so much appealing to the ego. It's managing the ego of Howie Roseman. This is what made Tom Brady in twenty years of working with Bill Belichick work. Nobody works with Bill Belichick. You ever notice that? Nobody. He looks like Cleveland Bill Belichick. But Brady managed Bill Belichick's ego. Brady took the more subservient role and allowed him to believe what he was actually saying was something that truly mattered with the little tiny stupid little shit. Same thing with Greg Popovich. Do you know who the guy who took the subservient role when it came to spreading what he actually meant? It was Tim Duncan. The, 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 the Spurs have not been the same since Duncan's been out of the building. And the... Patriots have not been the same since Brady's been out of the building. It wasn't just because of their spectacular talent. It was because they were able to manage high-powered egos. You can't have two alpha dogs in the building at one time. They'll annihilate one another. So what you do is you manage that. You manage the ego. Brady managed the ego. You see, appealing means that you're you're constantly you're you're constantly saying and doing and turning yourself into a lap dog. That's not what I'm saying. Sirianni is, and you, m- most of you are right here. The more winning Sirianni gets to, if he's smart, use particular words that won't touch people off. You know, you can use words. Don't ever use phrases like "my way," "I think." What do you think? You know, we we had a conversation the other day, all of us together, coaches he hired. He's going to be more open, Howie, 
You know, we, we, we were talking about we. Never use the word I if you're a coach in the Eagle organization. Fastest way to get fired. We, because why? What does that imply? We, the coaches that you hired, Howie, and myself, who you hired, we're having a conversation that we need more depth in the de-tackle position. What do you think? You use we and you. That's managing Howie's ego. That's why he waited at the front door after he put Linville Joseph and Dominic Sue. And he was waiting there for everyone. Because Nick Sirianni made him feel that he did that. That's managing. That's managing. And see, in today's NFL, I think personally, this is why you you see these Brandon Staley's and these uh, Kevin Stefanski's and the Jonathan Gannon's of the world, and you don't see those old dogs any longer because those guys use I and me, not we and us. They want this thing to be a collective group because of the analytics that are in the game. And that's what the Eagles are looking for in an organization. See, Chip Kelly's an I guy and a me guy, my way guy. That was never going to work. Was never going to work when you had an owner knowing that's not the kind of the culture that they want in the building. The culture is exactly what I'm telling you it is. It's a great culture, by the way. You know why? You're winning. You're making great hires. Your assistant coaches, I mean, hey, we'll see what Sean Desai does. You know, my question with him is going to be, is it going to be aggressive, not aggressive, the same. Still yet to be determined. You're more athletic now, but still that's a Howie call. So if you're Sirianni, you 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 go to him and you go, are we get, what do you think? What do you, what, 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 what do you think, Howie? More aggressive, less aggressive? You know, we brought in more athletic players. I'm assuming we want to be a little bit more athletic, which means what? A little more risk-taking. You, you, you get younger and athletic to take a little more risk. Because you know why? If a guy runs himself out of a play, he can run himself back into a play because of his athleticism. The Eagles are by far more athletic on defense this year than they were a year ago. They're less experienced. That's the, that's the, that's the difference in here. Is that they're just, okay? Okay? Joshua, I got enough to handle, man. <laughs> Thank you for saying that, though. Hurts Masters in human relations. He'll be ready for the GM job in 10 years. Yale, you know what? Let me let me let me let me put it to you this way too. Let me let me let me put it to you this way too on the great coaches that know how to manage. Jimmy Johnson was a psychology major at Arkansas. Okay? So his 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 background is psychology and coaching. Every player loves to be stroked. Every general manager loves to be stroked. Certain guys you don't have to as much. Some guys you do. That's the key to being in the Eagle branch and in the Eagle organization. Okay? So, just to close this topic up, I got another one. I got a Jordan Davis topic at the top of the hour here. 
don't 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 put numbers on Hertz. His we want him improving. Okay, we want him improving in his decision making, getting better at who he is. Dude, hone that. Why in the world would you want him drop? Dude, look at look at what happened to Brady. Brady got down with Bruce Arians. They were seven and five. They lose to the Bears on that game. They were no risk it, no biscuit. Brady goes, we cannot be turning the freaking ball over like this. We cannot. They went right back to dink and dunk, and they won a Super Bowl. Low percentage turnover plays, being smarter. That's what Tom Brady brought to the Super Bowl, and that's what he brought to Bruce Arians. Dude, no risk it, no biscuit. Don't win any Super Bowls. Consistency, no turnovers. Don't have to be spectacular plays. You guys remember any spectacular? Hey, for the record, do you guys remember any spectacular plays that Tom Brady made in those six Super Bowls in New England? Maybe the pass in the Rams game that put him in field goal position? Maybe that one? Hour two, our friend Gary Cobb, OTAs this past weekend for the Eagles. We'll talk to him. He was there. Hit the like button. Got another topic. Jordan Davis is on the list. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama. She did it. 
again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Appreciate you coming aboard. Please hit the like button. You see, Trey Lance, Air. Hey, wait a minute. I got some more new material for you, Niner guy. You know, because he's been, you know, telling me that um, it, I, I need new material on the Niners. So, last chance, Lance. I posted a nice picture of, uh, or a video of him air mailing. Passes and drills. Dude, you see that shit like at a junior football camp or like at the mate the Peyton Manning passing camp, where you see these like young quarterbacks airmailing passes. You don't usually see this um like at at NFL minicamps or OTAs. And you got the third pick in the draft airmailing passes. Guys are like I mean. He's throwing grounder. This guy should play baseball. He's throwing grounders, high flies. Holy shit. Dude, does that guy suck, man? Sign Jim Drunkenmiller. Holy cow. Oh, my God. Is that guy terrible? Dude, one of the biggest draft bombs in the history of the NFL when it comes to quarterback. Dude, this guy here, man, he's terrible. <laughs> and, he air, and you see the coaches going like this, put their heads down. No wonder, hey, there's no question Sam Darnold probably looks like Joe Montana in that building. There's no doubt. I mean, Sam Darnold probably looks like he's Steve Young. You're like, man, that guy's really good. Well, compared to that shit bag, that guy's probably a superstar. Holy cow, this guy's really great. Oh, my God, this guy's great. Oh, man. Dude, I believe they should bring in Wentz, too. Carson Wentz is better than anything they have in San Francisco right now. That's scary. Whew. Dude, so so John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are going to waste that roster with a quarterback who can't get through decent drills with no pressure. He airmails. And, and, and somebody sent a Twitter back and went, Sills, you're trying to tell me you don't think pro guys airmail? No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't think that. No, I don't. Sam Darnold, the savior. Wow, Sam. Dude, so you, you might have Sam Darnold and, and Brock Turdy as your quarterbacks heading into the season. Hey, man, I, I tell you what, I bet those betting odds on the Niners are going down as we're talking now. Holy piss. Hey, real quick, before I get to Jordan Davis, 
So Nick Saban's moaning now. Here's the guy that started that Jalen Hurts was not an elite quarterback. Made us all think that because he didn't want to coach him. Gave up on him. So he, he, you know, he is the guy. Nick Saban is the reason that most people think of Jalen Hurts and how they think of Jalen Hurts today. Because of him, firing him, taking his job. But no, Bama claims him. How pathetic can you be? You claim the guy you fired. How many businesses do that? Yeah. How many CEOs go, hey, you know, I fired Steve Jobs. <laughs> and I ran Apple into the ground. But I hired Steve Jobs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but are you the one that fired Steve Jobs? Yeah, but I hired him. <laughs> okay. Thank you, dude. Hey, you, you, you can't take credit for firing people. Yeah, well, I, I signed him. <laughs> you fired him. So get this. So Saban now is getting out recruited by the Texas schools and that oil money. Hey, boy. Julio, come here, boy. Yes, sir. How much money you want, boy, to go to SMU? This may or may not have happened when I was in high school, but the nil rule wasn't around. Hey, boy, how, how, how much is it going to cost us to get that Yankee down here, here in Dallas? I, I, I don't know. Why don't you come on and take a trip down here? Uh, okay, sir. Just get, come on, boy. You got to get on that airplane. Only I took a private jet twice. This is one of them. Land in Dallas. I'm on Greenville Avenue. <laughs> I'm going like, and then somebody comes to me, man, from Oklahoma. Hey, you know they're going on probation. And I don't even know. They may not survive this. What? Yeah. I told Ron Meyer, man, couldn't do it. Sure enough, a year later, programs put on probation, then the death penalty. I was like, you know, I would have went to SMU. I loved the whole gear, the program. I loved everything. I loved Dallas. I loved all the shit kickers that were in Dallas. Shit. My wife is from Dallas. <laughs> I mean, I met my wife in Dallas. She's in Dallas. She's from Richardson, Texas. Richardson. Old Texas girl. Yeah. <laughs> That's some good-looking women in that state. I'll tell you that. Big Sills marries the prom queen. Anyway, the money. Do you remember the old Southwest Conference? You guys remember the um, SWC, Southwest Conference? You know what the big, do you know what the big statement used to be? You know who was going to be the favorite to win the Southwest Conference championship? The team that was on probation. That was a statement because Texas Tech um, shit, I think Arkansas may have been in that conference too. Um, they had OU. No, no, they didn't have OU. OU was in the Big Eight. That Southwest Conference had all the Texas schools, TCU, Baylor, Texas. It was a hell of a conference. Big money. Now you got old Nick going like this. Well, you know, some of these programs have more money than us. <laughs> really? So you don't have the same money in Alabama. You mean the money that they're paying you $11 million a year to coach amateur kids, supposedly. So Nick's making $11 million. 
Texas is spending money on the kids. He's crying about it. Hey, it's about time, man. You're getting out recruited because you know why? You ain't going to outspend Texas. Dude, I expect TCU. You think there's any coincidence TCU was in the national title game? Do, do, do you think there's any coincidence? You're going to start seeing the Longhorns. Do you know they're paying Arch Manning? That kid Arch Manning, you know, he's making $5 million this year as a freshman in Austin. $5 million. He made more money his first year in Austin than Jalen Hurts made in his first two years combined in Philly. I know, boy. Hey, Arch, what you need? Yoo-hoo. What you got? We got everything you need to have here. Dude, if I'm Texas A&M, I might want back in. <laughs> I, I might want back into the Southwest Conference. I might want back in. What I got to do to get in that shit kicker there? A lot of money there, man. Nick Saban's getting out recruited. Dude, I don't get this his first time. I got a poll, thank you, that I have for the top 10 college football programs. I think I got Alabama sixth. First time I've seen Alabama sixth in a long time. Hey, <laughs> how much you need, bike sales? Come here, boy. 40 grand. 40 grand? Son, you'd be the 30th highest paid payer here at SMU. <laughs> how about 400 grand? Yes, sir. <laughs> Dude, you offer me 400 grand? Shit, Big Sills would have had Big Sills pizzerias in Dallas everywhere. <laughs> Big Sills pizzerias. You come in and get a free slice, Big Sills will sit down and cut it up with you. How you doing? Yeah. <laughs> right? Big Sills pizzerias. Shit, if I had that in Miami with Playmaker, mm. Dude, Eric Dick. Hey, yeah, but I got one up on Eric Dickerson. On my, uh, Twitter page, I posted my Corvette I had. I don't know how I got it. I found it. That's what I told Coach Johnson. Hey, I found it. <laughs> Where'd you get this car? I found it. You found a brand new Corvette. Yeah. Where was it? It was in my driveway. Someone parked it there. Had my name in the seat. What? Yeah. Somebody parked a brand new Corvette. In your dorm, no, no, I don't live in a dorm anymore, coach. I live in a house. <laughs> you live in a house? Yeah, an alumni guy let me, uh, let me, uh, yeah. Hey, Neil, go look at the picture. It's on my Twitter page. I <laughs> uh, got my picture of my Corvette. I, ha- I love that car. Oh, used to drive around candy apple red. Of course, right, Tone? Big Seal's driving a candy apple red Corvette around. Hey, Don, tease off. <laughs> terrible. Eric Dickerson goes, I got a Trans Am. You got a Trans Am? I, I was driving a vet around. Hey, Don. Statue <laughs> uh, limitations are up. What do you want from me? <laughs> Where'd you get the sheets and the towels? Bob, no comment. No comment. Big Sills cheesesteak for $6.99. God, I love that. We got to get Gino to put a Big Sills cheesesteak up. How about Gino? Hey, Tone, I forgot to tell you this. 
How about this, yo? So Gino um, started following me on my Twitter. He, he sent me like a, a DM and he goes, dude, you're killing it. People walk in here. I hear, I'm so, get this, in Gino's. Hey, I was watching a kid Cilio the other day. Kid? <laughs> okay, I'll take it. Hey, do you hear what he was saying about Chandler? Chandler, he's not elite. And this, I'm going like, wow. Gino sucks. <laughs> hey, I was root for Paisans. We're good. All right. By the way, Gary Cobb, bottom of the hour, Fox 29, Philly. All right. So there's something going on with Jordan Davis. There's something going on with Jordan Davis. Um, here, let me, let me give you a little couple snip, snippets and, and my takeaways. Hey, I feel like I am going to implement some of my leadership into my second year. I'm feeling more of a responsibility going into my second season. I'm really invigorated. These, these are like small quotes um, that you're hearing the players say. Like now since Hardgrave is there, more of a leadership role. Maybe at the end of the day, look at, again, what the Eagles did and what Howie did. So you move on from Hardgrave, 20 million was the number one reason. But in the process, you elevate leadership with the guy you drafted last year. Someone's got to pick up the role of that. Can't just be Fletcher. So where I'm going with this is Jordan's aware of it. Jordan's aware of it. He's aware of the responsibility he has. And on top of that, I don't think it's so much now what I was saying the other day, Jalen Carter being drafted, and two years in a row the Eagles go DTDT with their top pick. I think his attitude is not so micro, but more as a unit. Hey, the organization and the team and my unit and my group are counting on me. That's mentality again. That's environment. That's culture. That's understanding. And knowing that you are in a sense of urgency right now to be better. And so to me, it's growing up. I feel great about those comments. And you know, when you watch him running through drills, he's leading the pack. He's first in line. He's, he's running with energy. And see, to me, I guess what I'm talking about more so than anything, I love his body language. How many times do you see guys moping around? You, you, you know when guys mope around. Or going half-ass and halfway through the, the motions. But that, to me, is like those are the organizations that usually traditionally don't go anywhere. Okay. To me, it's it's a it's a good thing. He's growing into it. I, I don't know if this is a topic, maybe more as an observation on what I'm seeing with Jordan Davis. Okay. I mean, for a kid last year, 
who got kicked up, beat up, and was told he didn't live up. I'll tell you what, I, I mean, you know, he, he, he could have animosity. I would, probably. And plus, I would, I would probably put more pressure on myself because, damn. Hey, let me tell you this, man. Not living up to your draft position isn't cool. Especially when you're being asked to do something you have no idea what's being asked of you. Playing a different position in a different technique. Thank God he's got trade. I'll tell you this too. I think really the Eagles have one of the absolutely best situations set up for him. Tracy Rocker coached all these kids. He coached all of these guys. And to me, hey, you know, I mean, and, I, and I'm even hearing, hey, I'm even hearing to Kobe Dean. Hey, look, you know, I, I, I've got to step up. I've, I've got to take on the responsibility. A lot's being asked of me. Remember the things that we told you? Hey, just plugging and playing as a middle linebacker, that's not going to cut it. Because in a position like that, experience is the key component. And, and dude, don't talk to me about f- don't talk to me about talent. You're in the NFL. Welcome aboard. Is he good enough? Is this- You're in the NFL. Stop talking to me about that. Right now, this is about knowledge. This is kind of what we were talking about with Jalen Hurts in the first hour. Jalen Hurts going to have um, – what's the next step? The next step is nothing to do with numbers. It's all with the process and being the best Jalen Hurts he can be. That's what you want. And so when Nicobe Dean talks, and now you're hearing him, dude, this is about classwork, studying, tendencies, game film, classwork, not having false steps, listening, reaching out to players maybe that play. Dude, I definitely would call Seth Joyner. Seth, give me your prep. See, to me, let me, let me tell you what's worth – and when I get Gary Cobb on here, I think you'll understand. Dude, you never, ever, ever, ever want to go into a camp and not ask this question. What's See, when people want to make money in life, they want people to give it to them. What you should be asking is how you made it. Because that's eternal. The money that someone gives you is spent. You don't know the process. What you need to have is, see, I have a process. Whether I'm paid $500,000 a year or $5, I can't deviate off that process. Okay? You have to have a process. Okay? And so the key is, can I have the blueprint? on how you prepare and how you are a pro. That's the key to lasting and being successful in that league. Telling you, I, how many times have we seen talented players get into the NFL and they get lost and you're like this shit, man, how did that guy not make it? Because he didn't know the blueprint. Baird Brooks had one of the best blueprints on how to make it in the NFL. He he believed in a process. That's why he played 12 years. 
It's it, it's why guys like Seth Joyner, Seth's been on this program numerous times, and Seth has told you, hey, I put a blueprint together on what I needed to do to become a successful guy. He was a late-round draft choice, but he had to put the extra work in. And guess what? Buddy showed him. Buddy showed him how to win. Buddy showed him how to be a pro. And when, when you got people like that, you trust. Like Tracy Rocker. The process and the steps become a little bit more easier to digest. See, this is what you got going on in Philly. Boy, the commonality that you have with one another in that building is so great. All the Georgia guys, okay? All the Georgia guys, I said it last week, they're bringing a vibe of youth and spirit to the team. Yeah, I, 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 I can't tell you how many times, you know, and I'm, 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 before I bring Gary Cobb in, so when you hear a guy like Jordan Davis saying this, hey, you know, more is expected of me. I've got to be a leader. He's first in drills. And when you get rid of Javon Hardgrave, like I said, now you take the baton of being a leader. Just in his body language. You're, I, I see a different Jordan Davis. That's a good, that's called growth. And to me, that goes with, like we were saying, the culture of the building. I think there's a great vibe going on there at OTAs right now. Let's bring Gary Cobb in, our friend, and get his thoughts from Fox 29, Philadelphia. Am I right, Gary, when I say that, that these young Georgia guys, man, they're bringing a great vibe and a youthful vibe to the building there. And when you hear a guy like Dave was talking about responsibilities of stepping up and seeing him make those comments, I, I mean – if you're the Eagles, you got to be you got to be liking what you're hearing and seeing. And again, you're in helmets and shorts, but it's body language here. Well, I, you know, I think it's that, and, and I think it's the fact that you know, uh, when you are come from a winning organization, look, winning doesn't just happen, especially if you got somebody's winning consistently. It's something being done right, and so generally, it's a mindset. So. Um, I know you, you experienced that in college. I experienced that in college where you got to work. I mean, some point there's got to be work done and people got to be shooting for excellence. And so you get kind of a taste of where, look, you can't wait around for somebody else to do it. You got to step up and make sure you're doing your part. And so I think that those guys come in with that, you know, so they know how to push themselves some, they know how to, you know, make sure that hey, you're ready to do your job. And so, I think that's what we're seeing. And, and uh, yes, you know, he's heard clearly that last year, you know, he wasn't in good enough shape. He's got to get in better shape. And I'm sure they had no problem telling him that, that we expect more out of you this year. Uh, and I think he expects more out of himself. And so that goes along with it. And that's why, you know, uh, yeah, you know, you don't necessarily need to just go out and grab every guy because he played for a championship team. But the fact that he was one of the keys to a team that was winning, uh, you're not shocked when the guy knows how to look himself in the mirror and say, I got to do better than that. I got to raise the bar. And I think all those guys, they're used to competing. You know, you don't stay at the top by accident. 
It just doesn't happen. You know, just like when I started meeting all the guys, you know, meeting Michael Irvin and, you know, uh, and, and um, of course, uh, you know, the big guy. Uh, <laughs> too know. tall. Uh, well, no, not not too tall. No, I'm, um, you know, well, for the Eagles, I'm, I'm talking about, uh, you know, the defense tackle when unfortunately the pass. Uh, Jerome. Jerome. You know, when you meet Jerome, Jerome not going to sit over there and <laughs> not say anything when guys aren't doing their job or, you know, you're getting beat. He's not over there, you know, just like, okay, I guess this is just what no. He's gonna he's gonna start getting fired up the same way he did when he was in college. So you learn what does it take to win? You gotta have people that step up, you gotta have leaders. You can't just be waiting for everybody else to do something. You gotta do something. And I think in that environment, come on, you you you're playing and get where you playing in big games in front of the nation, and you're playing against another good team. Somebody's gotta make some plays. So I think these guys have been in that atmosphere. That's the atmosphere of the NFL. So uh, they don't know everything, but part of the things they're used to being in competitive competition where you got to deliver. And uh, they know that. And, and that's what, that's why, uh, you know, teams win. It's not, not an accident. And uh, I think this is a good environment. They're used to it. And so they're used to being pushed and, and they are going to be pushed. They are going to be expected where you expect, uh, guys that make plays. So they know that's what's going to be expected out of them. Gary, I, I said this in the first hour about Hertz, and there was a comment that came out of OTAs and the Eagle organization that we're expecting Jalen to make a significant leap uh, this year. I said this to folks, if you're putting that to numbers, then you're misguided. I said to me, the mm -hmm. reason that they're investing in this guy, maybe yeah. this is more of a statement, Gary. Tell me if you agree with it, though. It's mm -hmm. it's it's more of that I want Jalen Hurts to be the best Jalen Hurts. I want him to be better at decision-making, continuing to evolve that. Yeah. I mean, to put a number like 4,700 passing yards or 30 touchdowns, I think it's too micro. you got to think macro with this guy. The mm -hmm. more he improves with his yeah. patience and decision-making, don't you think that that is what's going to result in the championships and in the wins? Not throwing for 4,700 yards. The players are – look at what he did a year ago, Gary. Yeah. A.J. Brown, career year. Devontae yeah. Smith, career year. Miles Sanders, career year. Goddard was on pace, career year. And he didn't throw for four grand. That's right. I mean, you don't see that. Am, am I off base? Am I, 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 think, I think you hit it on the head, you know, because um... – they they want him to, to move take another step up, and I think he's probably going to be able to do that in that because he sees the field uh, quicker, he's going to recognize things quicker. His decision making is going to be the place where he makes the next he makes the jump, you know, where he he will make the subtle decisions. He'll see something before it even is, is in his face. He recognizes and is expecting what the other. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba team is going to do and that a lot of that of what he's going to do predicting what he's going to see the next down because he's he's been in the situation and you know this is where quarterbacks 
that's why, you know, veteran quarterbacks, you have a lot of confidence in them because you can't really show them much that they haven't seen. And if they've seen it, then they know which way, where they're going with the ball. Like, you know, you take a Brady. Come on, Brady would look at the defense. He knows where he's going with the ball right away. He knows where he's going with the ball. He knows what he's going to see. And, and that's where you make those jumps as a quarterback because, you know, as a, uh, a player, you know, uh, playing defense, I know that that's really where you get better as a defensive player because you've seen things right away. You recognize what they're going to do even before the play. You're going, hey, hey, watch the such, such. And the, and the other team starts looking at themselves like you've been in their huddle because you know what to expect, formations, all those type of things. And that's what a veteran quarterback, the more years, the more time you see things, you're, you're quicker when it comes to recognition, you know, anticipation. Uh, so you're getting rid of the ball a split second or you know where you're going with the ball. And that's where they probably will give him more room to, you know, make adjustments at the line of scrimmage. They can do that because he will see, hey, I saw this. I went to this. You know, so you get a lot of that. That's really where quarterbacks continue. And every year he will continue to get better in that area. And that's what separates, you know, a veteran quarterback, you know, not to mention you know, his ability. That The thing that he made the big move uh, last year was throwing the football. He, he was accurate with his throws. I mean, deep throws, great deep throws. I mean, he hadn't been accurate like that previously, but much more accurate with the ball. So I think you'll see continued improvement there. But you saw a big jump last year. Uh, but you'll continue to uh, see improvement, but it's going to be in the recognition. So you won't just see it right out. You'll just see it with the results, probably. How about this one here? So I get Marty Kallner on the program, and he's the creator of Hard Knocks. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to some of my friends at HBO. I'm like, hey, man, what about the Eagles? You just mm -hmm. gave a guy $50 million. You got one of the Kelsey brothers on the team. Yeah. You've got Big Mouth Slay. You, you got Hassan Reddick. You got A.J. Brown. Yeah. You got the singing offensive line. You got Mulata. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you got the guy who's on the bench screaming, the head coach, Nick Sirianni. Mm -hmm. What about it? He goes, you know, I mean, the Eagles cannot want to do this, but would you would, do you think that that organization, you being around it, is that something that's up their lane or is that something that – that's not going to intrigue them because I think that's a really good team to be on hard knocks would be, would be the Eagles. I, I think they definitely would be a good team. I, I, you know, I, they probably have turned it down in the past and, and uh, maybe that's where, you know, Jeffrey Laurie uh, comes in and, and, and he's and a TV guy too, right? Yeah, he is, but maybe he doesn't want that spotlight on them, <laughs> but they are definitely, they would be definitely a great team that the NFL would want on that. But uh, the, the team has to agree to it. And the whole thing is, do they think it will be distracting? I mean, media is going to be there, so I don't see why it would be that distracting. Uh, and the ultimate thing for them is, you know, they got to win. They got to focus. They got to win. So it just would be another few cameras there. I don't see it's going to be a big deal because the media is going to be there anyway. What, 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 what do you think had a better personality, the 17 team or this one? Oh, boy. Well, you know. The 17 team, yeah, they they had some personalities, you know. Uh, I think of uh, you know what uh, Chris Long was on there, uh, you know, of course with um, uh, Jeffries, you know, that's right. You had Jeffries, even though you know he didn't talk a lot. Um, 
I, I might have to say this group though, because <laughs> you got you got Slay, um, um, you know AJ, Redick. yeah Reddick. Uh, these guys, like, these guys do talk. Guys if you put a mic, that, uh, hey, different. these guys do talk, Gary. If you put a mic they, in front they of them, they do talk a lot. They do talk a lot, and I think that uh, you know they're on uh, social media talking, talking, talking. So I probably would go with this group that they talk even more, and I. I think it's the way the league is going. So Absolutely. You know, Gary, let me throw this at talk. you here with Sean Desai. Yeah. Do you think that they're going to be more aggressive? Do you think they're going to be as conservative? How are you thinking he's going to use? Because we've you and I have said this the last two weeks. Yeah. They're more athletic. They're less experienced. They're younger. And they're not as deep. So how what formula... Do you think we're looking at here more conservative, more, more opportunity to be more athletic, which means I think situational stunts? How, or do you think it'll be a lot of the same in what we saw a year ago? Um, or more versatile, maybe. I don't know. How, how do you see this thing playing out in the approach that they'll use with this roster, especially on defense? Well, you know, they are going to, again, they're going to rely on that defensive line getting there. You know, that's what they're going to be relying on. Now, I could see them playing more man, though, because I think that the um, fear the, of the, the linebackers and safety. Um, yeah, I think they would probably want to lean on their. I think we froze a little bit there. Let's see. Hey, Tony, see if we can uh, reconnect here with Gary a little bit here. Think we've uh, froze up here a little bit, so let's see. That to me is going to be one of the question marks. Um, how are they going to use all the new talent and all the weapons they have? Like, how are they using Nolan Smith this coming season? You know, and 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 I and I do think one of the reasons that they have something to look at is obviously because of Hassan Reddick. So, Gary, just kind of expand on that a little bit, how you think you're going to see um, this defense implement some of the new players and the youth we have on it this year. Well, you know, the, the thing is, I think they come into it and they know what they have. They didn't know what they had last year when it comes to the, to the pass rush. You know, yeah, you, you lose Hargrave. So you think that caught them off guard, though, 70 sacks? I don't think they – oh, come on. No, I, don't I didn't think they went into the season thinking they were going to have that kind no of way. consistent pressure. But they come in this year and they know, look, we still got the same guys coming from outside. So, in fact, three of the guys that had the 10 sacks, they're still here. So uh, that all had, had 10 sacks. So uh, we lost one guy. And I think that they still feel like, look, we can get there with our with the guys. Like, we're going to have the five-man pass rush. We're going to be doing that. And they're going to probably think they're better because uh, they feel like they, uh, you know, uh, of course, with, with the young kid, Jalen Carter, um, they feel like they're going to get pressure from, you know, he's going to be able to do some things coming up inside. Uh, they, they expect, and we'll see whether Jordan Davis is able to give them more um, there's another kid, the kid Williams, um, uh, 93. Um, the kid, the kid, they, Milton Williams. Milton Williams, that's right. Coming up the middle, I think they think that they might be able to have that type of a pass rush. So clearly, they're going to rely on them to get there. So you know they're not going to change that. I don't, you know, because most of the guys are still here. 
So I, I just think that it, it, it might be changes in the coverages they use where maybe they don't play as much zone. Maybe they play more man-to-man, you know, um, and, and do some things where maybe they send some guys off the corner some. But I think for the most part, they're going to lean on those corners. And, and with Devontae Maddox, you know, you, you've got some outstanding coverage corners. So I think they're going to ask them to play man-to-man. I'm going to I'm going to lean on that on that pass here. rush to get there and that way you you take pressure off your safety see because they're just playing deep and then so you're taking pressure off the safeties putting more pressure on the corner. Getting home takes and like you said getting home helps. Yeah. All your issues um I'm going to ask you one last question here and I'm going to start asking this to everybody. How and and I think this is a fair question because mm-hmm. to me as you know Gary in this league, man, consistency is year in and year out process. It's not a one year deal. That's right. How are you so sold and sure that Jalen Hurts is not a one year wonder? Well, you know, um, I, the the big thing that I think is that, um, you know, uh, the thing that really was the biggest question to me was his ability to get that ball there and be accurate. You know, um, and the fact that I mean he was outstanding. I think he's going to get better and better with his decision making. And I think that's probably going to allow him to be less accurate, you know, like he, he because he's going to know where he's going and everything. So I, I think that he's going to be able to play near that same level. You know, again, you know, we don't I don't want him running the ball as much. I want him to just play from the pocket. I think that uh, did you have this is, same did you have this same thought process on Wentz after Wentz had that 4000 passing year that he was going to continue to get better? Uh, not necessarily. Um, okay. You know, but I, you know, uh, I didn't think he was going to drop off. I'll tell you, I didn't think it, but I Neither didn't did I. Know, I didn't know though. See, the thing that changed with Wentz was his thinking, which is, huh. you know, he had the good year and everything, but he got to where, you know, you, you're trying to make things out of plays that aren't there. You know, uh, you know, you gotta be thinking, take what they give me. Don't turn the ball over and see, I think Jalen will be able to, take care of the football the He's thing smarter. about Carson is the one thing that's taking him down is he doesn't take care of the football and we all know you can't win in the NFL if you do not take care of the football if you're turning the football over you are losing it I mean it's a simple it's the number one stat when it has to do with winning or losing turnovers you can't turn the ball over and win in the NFL you can't do that I don't think Jalen's going to have a problem in that area. That's why I don't see the big drop off. Let me ask you this then. So Tannehill and even Geno Smith kind of give hope to quarterbacks that maybe go through downtimes in their career. Yeah. Do you think Wentz is one of those candidates like Ryan Tannehill? He was terrible with the Dolphins. Yeah. And Geno Smith bounced around the league for a decade. Yeah. And he had this – superstar year a year ago yep do you think Wentz falls in that category and in that barrel where he could come back in the right situation I think he could I do because I you know the the year a couple years ago when he lost that game against Jacksonville at the end of the season he had had a good year he 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 had what thrown like 20 some touchdowns 27 touchdowns seven picks Come on. Um, he was around 67% completion percentage, 3,800 passing yards. Tell me who wouldn't take that. No, no. that would. I, he, so, I thought he see, had a great year in Indianapolis. Yeah, but see, he finished up with that bad game against Jacksonville. Yeah, Raiders that's and what, Jacksonville. But we realize right. now 
that it was just a bad coach and that Jacksonville team actually had some pretty good ball players on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the thing is, though, is, you know, he, he just seemed to get worse from that where he just started pressing. Look, take what the defense gives you. That's where, you know, a good quarterback's going to know, okay, this is what they're in. I'm going to take this, you know. I'm not going to turn the ball over, you know. Uh, if I got a special, if I got a special receiver who I know I could throw the ball to and he's going to take care of me, meaning he's not going to let it get picked off, in a one-on-one situation, I, I'll take chances with that guy. I'm not taking chances with everybody because you know everybody, guys aren't the same. If you got a special talent you're throwing to, then you will make it some exceptions with him. But other than that, you got to take care of the football. That is one of the keys to winning in the NFL. You can't be turning the ball over. And, and I mean, come on, you, you're, you're basically burning your own check. You cannot, you're not going to survive as a quarterback in the NFL turning the ball over. And that's what Carson has to come to that realization of not, you know, just being where like almost every play he's living on, on the edge. Can't live on the edge like that. And you got to take care of the football. And I still think he could turn it back around because I have, you know, like I said, a couple of years ago, he was playing outstanding football. He was. At, with those numbers, if he could put up numbers like that, come on. How many yeah, teams a, in the a, league? A, any team over. would want to have that. Hey, real quick, you think uh -huh. the Phillies are a one-year wonder? Well, you know, uh, not to – I wouldn't say that they're just a one-year wonder, but uh, soup, I mean, winning the, the all – I mean, going to the World Series every year. Uh, you know, you, you got to have the pitching, and that's really hurt them. The, the bats, I think, will come back. And But when, when your pitching is where guys are start talking about hurt, their arms hurting and things like that, that's what really concerns me. Because hey, Gary, they got to fix that minor league system because the, yeah. the dogs they bring up and yep. put on that bench. I mean, you look at Atlanta. Atlanta, Atlanta gets hurt. They lose somebody. They bring a star up on their bench. You're right. You're right. And the Phillies, they definitely have a problem there. Dude, yeah. they bring guys up that haven't been in the game in three years. And yeah. you're like, the farm system in Philadelphia has not been the same in over 25 years. No, it, it hasn't. Uh, I, maybe I wouldn't say 25, but they have dipped down to where you don't Sur see. Surely since the Charlie Manuel years. That's right. You don't see talent coming up, uh, you know, with the Phillies anymore. No, you don't see that. And. You know, come on, you, you got to be able to have that talent line, you know, and um, really, you know, the key is you got to be going down to, you know, uh, Latin America, somewhere down there getting talent because that's where it's all uh, most of it's coming from. And if you don't have the the, uh, the source down there, then you're in trouble and you, you're you not going to last long. I know. I'm surprised, too, because Dave did such a good job with the Florida Marlins. Mm -hmm. and he's not doing that with the minor league system. Gary, I appreciate it, my friend. Okay. We'll catch up with you next week. Thank okay. you, my friend. All right, have a good one. That is our great friend, Gary Cobb. Do me a favor. Please hit the like button. I want to expand on that a little bit on Carson Wentz. Can he turn it around? Tones, or uh, Yale said something earlier. San Francisco, why aren't they calling him? Sam Darnold? You're kidding, right? Why wouldn't you? Why aren't teams calling Carson Wentz? Let's hit on that next. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Big Silts! Appreciate it. We're going to get to the Wentz conversation here in a second. Hey, real quick, NHL, you need a new commissioner. Gary Bettman blows. Uh, is the game on tonight, game two? I don't know. Holy cow, man. You want to promote your sport a little better. I don't even know when your games are on. Are, are, are they on TBS, I'm guessing, right? That was a pretty decent game one until the end when Vegas took out the Panthers, but you're, you're, you're promoting something no one's watching and no one cares. You're not relevant. How about this? Your entire sport's not relevant right now. I mean, it's just not relevant. I mean, I can't even I, I can't even believe I'm wasting my time even saying this. What, what always got me, I agree, Tone. What always got me was how could a sport that's so tough and has so much honor and so great and ass-kicking and it's legal to hit someone with a stick, kind of, not resonate in America? Okay. The NHL is terrible right now. It's just not a relevant sport. Man, when I was a kid growing up, 
The New York Islanders won the Stanley Cup every year I was in high school. And I used to go to the Nassau County War Memorial Coliseum and watch Dennis Potvin and all them guys play. Team was unfreaking believable. They hold the record for the most series one. I think it's 27 or something. I mean, they went they went to five straight Stanley Cup finals. I mean, it was incredible. Hockey should get views like football, but it doesn't. What's the reason, Big Sills? What are they doing wrong? It's 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 they're not marketing their superstars. They're not marketing the game. Vegas has a great crowd. Great crowd. Okay, and by the way, can I tell I'll tell you exactly what happened. They overexpanded. They went into markets where nobody gave a shit. Look, Nashville's got a great barn. Okay. Philly could be a great barn again. I'm talking arena. Some of those places have great the, the Tampa Bay Lightning have a great barn. Nobody gives a shit about the Panthers in Miami. Okay, barely anybody cares about the Carolina Hurricane. But the guy moved it out of New Haven. Or excuse me, Hartford. I mean, you're those California teams, San Jose, the LA Kings, Anaheim. Okay. You expanded. You diluted your product with expansion, and it's diluted the entire awareness of the sport. Nobody watches it. Okay. Just, I don't know. <laughs> That's a damn shame. I, I, hey, I love hockey. I posted pictures of me and Steve Eiserman and Bobby Orr. I'm dear friends with Bobby Orr. Hell, I would never put, I, I, I would never put Dave Vanderchuk or Bobby Orr or shit. I wouldn't even put Bobby Clark on my show. You know why? Nobody here would care. If I put Wayne Gretzky on, would you care? You know, Wayne Gretzky is traditionally my hockey analyst, but nobody would watch nobody would watch my show if I put Wayne Gretzky on. Kids today, people today would be like, who's that? Be like, I know. He's Babe Ruth. He's the modern day. There's only one guy that's alive today that has numbers that rival Babe Ruth. It's Gretzky. You will never see a guy in the history of of the NHL ever do this. And two of them are my best friends or some of my closest friends, Bobby Orr and Wayne Gretzky. And I'll, I'll move off. I promise. You'll never see another guy in the history of the sport score 200 points and do it five years in a row. And you'll never see a Norris trophy winner win the art Ross most points in the season, the heart and the con Smythe in one year. And he did it twice. You will never see a defenseman ever in the history of the NHL lead the NHL in scoring or did that like five times. <laughs> You'll never. Those two guys did things. And, and Gordy Howe is a dear friend of mine. Okay. You never see that again in the history of sports. Barely anyone can I say it's not. Hey. And plus, Anton, it's got no versatility in it, and it's got no diversity in it. It's probably also why. Hey, hey, Anton, you want to know why the Olympics don't do well or the Winter Olympics don't do well? 
not real popular with the brothers, is it? I mean, I, I, I watch, I, I go like this. It should be called the white guy Olympics, not the winter Olympics. <laughs> I mean, it's like a beer drinking league. Hey, Tone, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, if you, the winter Olympics, why I don't watch it. It's like the white guy Olympics. Hey, uh, skeet shooting on skis. Who does that? <laughs> skeet shooting on skis. <laughs> the winter, Tom's like, the Winter Olympics, that's still a thing? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather watch the X game, those pot smoker games. At least you get this. Man, I did a triple loop in a triple sow cow, flipped my things out. Where am I? Where, where, where's my vape pen? Where, where's my vape pen? I did. Hey, this this spot is sponsored by vape. <laughs> Dude, where's my vape pen? Give me my vape. What, what are we talking about? Triple sow cow. Oh man, I came off that. I was in the tunnel, man, and I came up, and all I saw was euphoric lights hitting me in the head. And it landed down there, man. I'll tell you, I would never want to be anywhere else but the X Games. Yes, sir. <laughs> Where's my vape pen? Oh man, I got another three. I got another three runs. X Games. Catch it. <laughs> it's like the pot smoker games, man. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, hey, Jeffrey. I'm sure, hey, hey, Jeffrey, I'm sure curling's really big in the hood and then well, in, in South Philly with the Italians, curling. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's a real big sport, curling. <laughs> well, here's my curling. Okay, hey, you give me a malt liquor or a Colt 45, I'm in. Here's my curling. <laughs> hey, you want to see curling? <laughs> big Sills putting a malt down. How you doing? <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Anthony's like, what the F is curling? I know, dude. You've got to see, this would be, I mean, I don't know if I'd be good at curling too. Because you got to think about it, man. You got to get like a, like a broom. See, maybe most white guys are good at this. <laughs> now you know why I'm not on the radio. <laughs> hey, you want to know why I'm not on the radio? I'm, I'm I'm using a broom on the curling. <laughs> hey, Tone goes, my dad loves you. Hey, Tone's dad. I don't think me and you would be good at this. Well, I don't know. Well, you know, with the broom. <laughs> um, oh, but hey, that is a little tasking. <laughs> oh. See, I could do it. Here's curling in the Winter Olympics. See, I think I could still win a gold medal. Okay, see me doing it? So you got to throw your hands out like them dudes, too. Like the guy from Norway, Sven Olfsen. Sven, I'm not, I'm, hey, Sven Olfsen. From like Norway, those guys who are like psychotic good at it, right? Sven Svolitsen. Sven Svilio. <laughs> North Beach 
bocce ball tournament. Sign me up, 85. Me and Tony Bruno used to put on a bocce tournament in the North Beach area of San Francisco. That's where all the paisans hang out. And for those out there, paisans are Italians. I don't want to get anything confused because it is San Francisco. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't want you to, I don't want you not to know what that is. Paisans are Italians, okay? And <laughs> that, that, we used to go up there and play bocce do bocce. I done. Uh, <laughs> bocce Tony Bruno's a god. I love Tony B. Uh, <laughs> okay. We got, hey, power hour coming up. By the way, I've ranked the big sills. Top 10 offensive lines heading into training camp next month. Also have a top 10 when it comes to college football. I want to reset something on Jalen Hurts because people are crying already what I'm saying about it. And once again, see, Tone and James, I got to tell you something. You know what these guys do? James especially. James says he looks out for me. He's our IT guy. Silly old said that Jalen Hurts is never going to get better. God, James, you know how to tease. You're, you're, you're as good a teaser as my wife now. How you doing? <laughs> Power hour. Number three, hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go first. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go up, oh, mama! She did it. 
again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. like button the big seals top 10 offensive lines we're going to do that here in a second and as usual i go over to my twitter page at dan Silio show and i recommend you guys follow me there and i only respond by the way to people that watch our show and who post on my show tone james these are my teammates as some of you are Julio, Hertz is never getting better. You're such a hater. No, that's not what I said, jackass. Boy, I tell you, man, Philadelphia has every trait where every one of you could come to my family's holiday dinners and you would fit right in. I saw somebody say something. What's Philio, What's Cilio's tie-in to Philly? You know what the tie-in is? We're alike. That's my tie-in to you. It's not that I played next to Jerome. My tie-in is I'm like you. Okay? Whoever hollers the loudest, and I only listen to 5% of what I even say. <laughs> okay? I only listen to 5% of what I say. Okay. Guy said he'd never be good. That's not what I said, dickhead. Yes, it is. I heard it. I know you heard it. Where are you coming up with? He played one year. Oh, played one year. And what you've seen so far, Cilio, you wouldn't invest. Oh, holy moron to me. In the bathangulio. And the guy. <laughs> you're getting my you're getting my guinea up alright let's go have a damn beer come on let's go to the let's go to the tailgate okay don't start your shit with me hey listen man we have different opinions of something okay dude get this Bergie to me He's your most complete linebacker. Then Seth took the mantle. Are you talking shit on Bill Berge? Talking shit on Bill Berge? No, I'm saying Seth's better. Remember when you laughed at us because we didn't want Tyler Van Dyke. Who's Tyler Van Dyke? <laughs> that was how little you thought of Hurts last year. Hey, hey Anton. Um, yeah, okay. How little your own organization thought of him. That's why they stacked up two first-rounders. Are you under the impression, Anton? That Howie Roseman had a high opinion of Jalen last year, too? 
I'm not. Howie Roseman didn't have a high opinion of him. So if you're saying I didn't have a high opinion, okay, me and Howie didn't either. Okay? Cut from the same cloth. <laughs> no one was sold, like Gail just said. Silly, but you guys make it seem like I'm the only guy that hated the guy. I, I didn't hate it. Hey, by the way, I don't hate anybody. I hate Nazis. Is it? I don't hate real, I don't, I don't hate anybody. Well, there's some people in the media that I'm not allowed to talk about anymore, but hey, let's not forget Russell Wilson was almost an eagle. See how fast things change, sales? <laughs> I don't know, man. That might have that might have been better for him. If he would, hey, Russell Wilson in the Eagle organization versus what's going on in Denver. I don't think Russell Wilson would have had a bad year. I don't. Because you know why? The NFC sucked. He'd have probably been a star. Hey, maybe that's why Russell Wilson the last 10 years has been awful good. Because really the NFC outside of Brady stepping in for the last couple of years in Tampa and what Stafford did, you had Kirk Cousins running the room and Aaron Rodgers, Mr. Underachiever. He vetoed it. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what? Yell goes, he vetoed the deal to Philly. Yeah, he might want that back. Especially if he ends in a disaster in Denver. <laughs> hey, look at this. Think about how careers make a bad turn and a bad decision. Brady picked the Bucs because he had only two choices, the Chargers and the Bucs. But what did those two things have in common? They had rosters that were talented. The Chargers had shitty ownership. That's why he didn't pick the Spanos family. Spanos family ain't winning shit. Okay? The Glazers had won Super Bowls. Dungy is a friend of Tom Brady's. They got a great relationship, Dungy and the, and the Glazers. So he chose the management group and Jason Light. Okay? Um, hey, yeah, but the thing is, is that they had already moved to Los Angeles. And Brady would be the second wheel, kind of like Aaron Rodgers is at MetLife. It's got to be the only time that Aaron Rodgers will walk into the building and he's playing on a team that's a renter. Yeah, he, you're, you're, hey, Aaron Rodgers goes from the Packers to the Jody McDowell Jets. Wow. <laughs> yeah. The three most famous people in Jet history, Joe Namath, Fireman Ed, and Jody McDonald. <laughs> Nobody's a Jet fan, dude. <laughs> Nobody's a Jet fan. Yeah, I don't mean to say that to you, man, but nobody's a Jet fan. Nobody's a Jet fan. <laughs> uh, right? Dan, do you honestly see Brock Purdy or Sam Darnold taking the Niners back to the playoffs? I see Purdy more than I do Darnold. Okay. I see, I, I see, I see Purdy more. Dude, he played well for them. Now, again, I want to see him do it again. Niner guy, hey, 
You know what Niner guys are doing? And my, but my boy Niner guy, hey, did you see that video of your guy? Trey Lance? You see, you, you notice Niner guy's not talking today. You know why? That video I posted, holy shit. This guy's airmailing in a bag drill. <laughs> a bad. I'm like, holy shit. This guy sucks so bad. <laughs> he can't even hit a wide open coach. <laughs> Dude, that guy sucks. Terrible ones, man. Hey, if you walked, hey, if, hey, Niner guy, if you walked that guy down Market Street, I don't think he'd have any takers, dude. <laughs> People forget Rams and Bucks didn't trade any picks to get their Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. Yeah, hey, the the Rams did. They traded picks to get to. Uh, yeah, they traded the Detroit's got a bunch of first round picks and couple picks for Stafford. Anton, they made some they made some trades. That shitty ass drill develops bad habits. Oh yeah. Well, hey, it sure did. <laughs> hey, here, see, Niner, Niner wanted new material. So I said, you know, let me keep because because Niner has now motivated me to have new material for Niner guys. So I just happened to go on the internet and guess who's guess who's trending? One play Trey. I'm like, well, hopefully he's doing something good. The Niner guy can, you know, right at you, Sills. What do I do? I tune it on. This guy's airmailing passes in a in in, in, in a meaningless drill. <laughs> Here, here's Trey Lance. Dude, when you throw a ball, Niner. You have to extend. You don't throw a ball like a shot put or like you got alligator arms. Here's Trey. Uh, <laughs> do I have anything to, I mean, you throw grenades like that. You don't throw a football. You know, you got to sit back. You got to kind of like, you know, put your el- put your legs into it. This guy's throwing grenades. Here's Trey Lance. <laughs> I was like, damn, dog. Got to extend it. <laughs> Oh, I know that one hurt Sills, but damn, it wasn't that serious. Oh, no, you're right, because he's a talent. He's a talent. Yeah, he's a big old talent. Hey, hey, hold on there, Junior. I don't think there's anything fat about that there, dog. There's nothing. 20, 25-inch pythons. Always remember that. What are you going to do when Big Sills Mania runs wild on you? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know what, JM? You bring the worst out of me. I know something else, Flappy. How you doing? (laughs) Trey Lance was supposed to be a second rounder. Second rounder. Second rounder. Eric goes 25. Hey, Eric, I still hold strength records from 30 years ago in multiple places. I was one of the strongest people in the country. How you doing, baby? All right. I wrote down to 10... The big sills. 
Top 10 offensive lines in the National Football League. Here they are. D-ball, what's that? <laughs> no, no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Number 10, the Cleveland Browns. AFC, Ben Powers, left guard. That kid McClinchy at right tackle. Hey, by the way, McClinchy is probably the best or second best right tackle in the NFL. I think the Browns got a pretty good offensive line. They're going to need that. And I love the fact that they're spending $46 million on Watson. $46 million on Watson. And they got the 10th best offensive line in the National Football League. They're going to need that. They got talent. They got talent in Cleveland. They just got to put it all together. A lot of pressure on that dude, man, Deshaun Watson, to win games. Because you get this, you get no latitude because of the creep. Hey, I'll say this one more time to you about Deshaun Watson. I'm going to be watching him. I'm interested in him. Um, I'm glad he got exonerated. At the end of the day, though, he's still creepy. I mean, when you sit all day long on, on like, Instagram, oh, my God. Uh, hey, let me, let me do this. No, I, I, wait a minute. Let me, I'm going to remind myself because I want to get through this list because this thing's really – Instagram and wife. Yeah. <laughs> Instagram and wife. Remember. CTE. Just I put that, I remember it. Instagram wife, Ben Simmons. Okay. Trolling. <laughs> okay. I have to remember that after this. Okay. So I think the Browns have a pretty good offensive line. Number nine. 49ers. Trent Williams, center's pretty good. They got a damn good offensive line. They got a lot of great offensive weapons on that football team. But get this, I think that the 49er offensive line has actually stepped back. Okay, a little bit. Number eight, the Chiefs. Um, that Humphrey kid's good. Creed Humphrey, the center, one of the better guys in the sport. And they, they're making a lot of investments, in my opinion, in the offensive line in Kansas City. They weren't going to pay Orlando Brown. Orlando Brown ended up moving on. And um, my opinion, I think the Chiefs kind of are stepped back a little bit here, but they got a little cheaper there. Number seven, Packers. They got Bakhtiari there. They got Runyon there. It's a pretty good-looking offensive line. They're going to need it for a young quarterback in Jordan Love. Okay, personally, I think the Packers are going to finish in last place in the NFC North. But they got a good old line. They got a lot of talent on that football team. Okay? And the quarterback, Jordan Love, you go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. Get, get this. There's guys up there saying he looks pretty good. We'll see. You know what? I can't think of a place in NFL history that had three consecutive quarterbacks that were going to be superstar players. This would be the first. You know, 49ers had Montana and Young. And, you know, the only other place I ever saw win with multiple quarterbacks was Washington with Joe Gibbs. So we'll see. 
I got the Lions at number six. Panay Sewell, Frank Ragnow, one of the better guys in the sport as well. I think the boy, the, the Lions are good everywhere. D-line, O-line, Jamison Williams comes back. They get a get him back in the wideout position. They drafted a running back. Linebackers, they got a new guy in the draft in the first round. They got CJ they added. I, I, I would say the corners, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a probably a little suspect at the cornerback position. But um, the Lions have a lot of good the, – the Lions have a lot of good pieces to their puzzle. And that offensive line – see, if you're going to be a successful team – and look at this. I think every one of these teams can make the playoffs. Browns, 49ers, Chiefs, Packers at seven. Well, not the Packers. Oh, we'll see, though. I may be wrong on love. Lions at six. I got the Cowboys at five. Um, Tyler Smith, Zach Martin. They got a pretty good old line. Okay. Uh, Tony Pollard looks like he's going to be ready for training camp. Um, I just don't know if they got enough in the backfield, though, to run the ball enough. They're, they're wide receiving. Hey, you know what? When I when I when I look at Dallas's offensive unit, Tony Pollard, no tight end. Uh, C.D. Lamb overhyped. Brandon Cooks, good player, not a great player. Um, Gallup, I don't know, often injured. I mean, when I look at Dallas, I, I see talent, but I just worry always about overhyped. When you're talking Dallas, I got the Falcons at four. They could surprise, depending on what the quarterback does down there. Jake Matthews is a good left tackle. They're built. They're building some pieces there. I'll tell you what. I have never in my life seen a football organization get the shit kicked out of them after losing a Super Bowl like the Falcons did. Look look, look at the Falcons compared to the Eagles. That thing, Matt Ryan was an MVP guy when they went to the Super Bowl. That thing felt like, it fell, it fell off the map. A complete and utter just destruction of an organization. Coach fired everything. Dan Quinn now in... Dallas, that whole thing, it just, it disintegrated in one, in 12 months. Tom Brady snatched the soul. Hey, seriously, man, you want to know what the, the Grim Reaper looks like? Tom Brady was the Grim Reaper to the Falcon organization. Get this, the Falcons even recovered from the Michael Vick bullshit. I mean, after all that, they recovered. They have not recovered from Brady snatching your soul. I mean, that team fell like a lost lover. That thing was that thing was ridiculous how that thing fell apart. By the way, I want to remind myself also here, I'm writing this down. Will Wentz get another shot? Can he be in the same category as Ryan Tannehill and um, Geno Smith? 
Geno Smith could do it. Why can't Wentz? So we'll talk on that here in a second. Here are your top three old lines. I got the Ravens, a three. Ronnie Stanley, I love him. Fantastic left tackle. Has been amazing. You know, that's one thing that Baltimore has gotten right ever since Jonathan Ogden, Bryant McKinney, all them dudes that they have had there. They have had great left tackles. They do a spectacular job at the safety position, and they do a great job at the left tackle position. Man, they evaluate that thing immensely well. I mean, they have had star old linemen in that organization. They can really, really evaluate that position. Great at it. Um, I got the Browns, too. Actually, that was at 10, that was the Broncos. Ben Powers, excuse me, I wrote it down wrong. The Broncos have the 10th best O-line. Ben Powers, left guard, and McClinchy, who's now over in Denver, will help Russell Wilson. So Broncos are 10, not the Browns, because the Browns I have written down here, can't even read my own handwriting. Um, I got the Browns at number two. The Browns are the second best O-line for Deshaun Watson. Um, Jedrick Willis, Joe Bonanno, the guard who's an all-pro, they got some pieces in there, man. Browns are going to be a good football team. And, of course, the Eagles at number one. So here are the top 10 offensive lines. Broncos at 10, 49ers 9, Chiefs 8, Packers 7, Lions 6, Cowboys 5, Falcons 4, Ravens 3, Browns 2, and the Eagles 1. How many NFC teams? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Six of the ten top ten offensive lines are from the NFC, and they ain't got a quarterback, but Hurts and a few other guys that are worth a shit in that conference. It shows you here. Who are the – hey, that's a great – wow. So six of the ten best offensive lines are in the NFC. How many of the highest-paid quarterbacks are in the NFC in the top ten? Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, Stafford and Dak. Four of the – and get this. Dak's the 10th highest paid player tied with Stafford. He's got the fifth best offensive line. That's pretty good. Stafford – is tied with him at 40. You know the Rams have the 18th worst offensive line in the NFL? He ain't going anywhere. Kyler Murray has the 25th worst O-line. He ain't going nowhere. Can't pay him. So the guy that really has the bet, there's only two guys that have a shot to win this year in the NFC. It's the Cowboys and the Eagles. Why? Quarterback. Now, and, and by the way, Hertz ain't going to start making that money till 24. The, the only guy in the NFC that matches up with a good old line and is being paid is Dak. That just shows you. 
you pay a guy if you have no offensive line. You're, you're right. You're walking backwards. These teams are – look, the Rams are walking backwards. You, why would you pay Stafford $40 million with a $2 old line? The Cowboys, Dak makes 40 and they have the fifth-best O-line. That's not going to hang around for much longer because he goes to $52 million next year. Because And they don't have him on a Jalen Hurts deal. So really, the only guy this year – there's two guys that have a shot to win the Super Bowl this year from the NFC – is the Eagles and the Cowboys. The rest of you have no shot from the NFC. Rodgers is now in the AFC. Kyler Murray is not playing until week eight. This shows you. Oh, you have to have a quarterback in the AFC. And in the AFC, I'll tell you what, the Browns, second best O-line and you're paying your guy 46. They're totally going to make the playoffs. I'm now looking at this and lining this up. There is absolutely no way that the Browns are not going to make the playoffs. The Browns are going to make the playoffs. Second best O-line, and you're paying your guy $46 million. He's sixth on the list. The Ravens. Third best O-line. Number one, of, number one quarterback and pay at fifty-two million. Wow, are they going to make the playoffs? Falcons, they don't have a quarterback. Cowboys, the Lions. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think golf makes thirty-eight million, so he's kind of around forty. If you want to sell a guy on taking a team-friendly deal, and his all line sucks. You sit them down, point, the old, point to the old line and say, you want your ass protected or not? That's right. You look at Jalen Hurts and you go, well, how do we make this all work? What do you want to do? Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put you on a legitimate three-year deal. We're going to front end the contract, give you the majority of your money up front to 172. And what we'll do is if you're playing like you're going to play, like we think you're going to play, in your second year, you won't hit your third year. Don't worry about it. We'll restructure it, add extensions to it. That's what we'll do. And if it doesn't work out for Jalen and something goes sideways, injuries hit, whatever, Jalen Hurts is not 30 years old, and he could bail out of that deal himself after three years and get another contract somewhere else. See, he's in the draft. See, to me, I don't want long-term deals. I want short-term front-ended deals today. If I'm a quarterback, why? Well, how do I know the organization is going to keep putting the players around me to help make me win? Here's a prime example of it. Some of these teams are overpaying quarterbacks and your old lines are some of the worst in the league. You're never going to win. Matthew Stafford has no chance of winning this year. He's got one of the worst offensive lines in the league. He's not winning. Can't protect him. Kyler Murray, one of the absolute worst stole lines in the NFL. You're not protecting him, hence why he's hurt. It's, it's pretty simple math here. That's why when Mahomes came out and said this, he came out, well, I guess, either yesterday or the day before. He goes, look, there's a fine balance. And he's talking like Jalen Hurts and Tom Brady. 
there's a part of you that has to invest in the process. See, Jalen invested in the process because the Eagles were kind to him and did the one thing organizations are. See, the Eagles have done something every other organization in the National Football League is afraid to do. You know what that is? Truly invest in their players. The Eagles are the only team in the NFL that invests in their players. The Cowboys don't even invest. They invest those bullshit contracts where the back end of the contract has all the money, hence why they get caught in cap hell because either they have to cut the player or they have to go to the player and cut and tell them that you have to take a pay cut. And if you don't take the pay cut, we have to get rid of you. I mean, if they had done the whole Zeke Elliott thing right, he'd still be on the team. Him and him and Tony Pollard would be a nice combo, but they can't afford it. And they look bad in the process, so they had to cut them. That's not how you want to do business. You're trying to accumulate great players. You're not trying to systematically outbid yourself. And so the not even the Cowboys invest in their own players. The Eagles do that. The Eagles are the only team I've ever seen these restructuring of contracts with so many of them that they give the player actually what he's worth. They 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 go to Jordan Mulatto. Can we do we're gonna restructure the contract? Here, here's some money here. Um Darius Slay. Hey, this is really a the Darius Slay signed a one-year contract. He will not be on the Eagles next year. And you know how you compromise that? Maybe he is. You sign him to a two-year deal, three-year deal. But what you do is you front end it. Well, we got to take five million off the cap because we got to pay other guys. But here's $18 million or 20, whatever it was. Okay. You're not getting that anywhere else. So the player took the money up front, $5 million, $4 million, $3.5 million haircut. And in the end, he has more money in his bank account, more guaranteed money. Look at Lane. Lane's got a giant payday next year. That's paying your players. That's paying your players for years you haven't played yet. NFL owners don't do that. They're afraid to. That's why they always back end these contracts. Well, in the first year of your contract, you'll make this amount of money, that amount of money, that amount of money. That's why Patrick Mahomes' deal is outdated already. Because Lee Steinberg, as good of an agent as he is, it was outdated in two years. Because it's back-ended. Now that Lee sees what Jalen Hurts did, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to front-end his new contract. They're going to front-end that contract, man. They're going to go like this. Here's $200 million up front on an extension to raise your thing to $52, million, $4 million. And they're going to pay him up front. The Hunt family's good on that. By the way, I see the wife died of Lamar Hunt. What a maverick. I had a chance when I lived in Fort Worth, Texas, to meet Lamar Hunt, a big investor in uh, silver. Was also involved in the Magellan Fund. And I worked on Wall Street, and I had a chance to meet him. He is was one of the absolute princes that I have ever seen in my entire life. What an absolutely great, great human being, Lamar Hunt. The brothers are fantastic, fantastic people. And here, real quick, uh, the story on how the Hunts came into the NFL. They were all, well, no, they weren't offered. The Cardinals, the, the um, St. Louis Cardinals. How did Lamar tell me? Lamar told me that they flew 
into, I think, Philadelphia, where Burt Bell was, who was the former commissioner before Pete Roselle. And they flew in. It may have been Roselle. I thought it was Burt Bell, though. Anyway, they flew in in the early 60s. I think it was Burt Bell now. And they made a bid to buy the St. Louis Cardinals. And the NFL rejected them. And on the plane flight home from Love Field, um, Lamar on a cocktail napkin came up with the concept of the AFL. And Ralph Wilson himself, do you, hey, I've told you guys, some of, some of you guys, uh, some of you guys know the story because I, I think I've told some of you. Dude, the guy who owned the Chargers was Baron Hilton. And the reason that the Chargers were called the Chargers, because Hilton was the first um, hotel chain to have cards that you could charge your rooms on. They were like little credit cards. And so he named his team the Chargers. Baron Hilton named it off of a credit card that when you stayed at Hilton's, that's where the Chargers name came from, from Baron Hilton. And so everyone was like, well, how did the Chargers get the Charger name? Um, there's not really a lot of lightning strikes in San Diego. <laughs> yeah. So Baron Hilton, because he, those NFL teams were nothing back, to, back then. They were nothing. So Baron Hilton um, put the name Chargers because of the charge card of the Hilton hotel chain. Yeah. Um, uh, Dean Spanos told me that story. That's how they got their name um, from Baron Hilton. Crazy. But knowing and like Al Davis and those guys, you know Al Davis was the managing general partner of the McGraths. Al really didn't put any money in. I think it was a $60,000 franchise fee that the McGrath pay, family paid for the Raiders in 1960. And they paid that in 60, like 20, no, it was 25,000 for franchise. Al told me this. And he became the coach. Then he went from, he was the former AFL coach of the year. Then he went from coach of the year to the commissioner of the AFL. And do you understand one of the reasons that the AFL and the NFL merged all the NFL owners said Al Davis is not going to be the commissioner of the National Football League. It's going to be Pete Rozelle. Those two guys used to bitch and fight over talent because there used to be a bidding war. Namath was supposed to go to the Cardinals, the St. Louis Cardinals. They had draft, they were going to draft him. The Jets, it was between the Jets and Cardinals that had his rights. And Sonny Warburn, the owner of the Jets, Titans. Paid Namath like $500,000 was the richest contract in professional sports. And Sonny was like, I think he was an agent at EMI. And so all the superstars used to go to the AFL games. But this all came around with Lamar Hunt. Lamar Hunt was the architect of all this. So it was Lamar Hunt that went to Al Davis and said, okay, we'll give you the Raiders. You'll be the managing general partner and the majority owner of the Raiders. But you can't be commissioner. Al took it because it would be financially more being that than the commissioner of the NFL. 
So he went back to ownership instead of being a commissioner of the NFL. And now the Raiders in Vegas are worth $6 billion. I mean, so at the end of the day, Al was ahead of his time the whole time. Yeah. But this, again, all Lamar Hunt. All Lamar Hunt doing all that. Pretty crazy how the AFL, I'm a big AFL fan. I love that. I, I played probably in the third best non-NFL league. Um, I think it goes USFL, no, AFL, USFL, World League, then the old World League that like Zonka and them guys went to. I, I probably played in the third. It's like four great leagues. And now they got the upstarts. And now the XFL is probably fifth. That The top three were great. Um, I played in one of those leagues that were just, I mean, Scott Mitchell was our quarterback. We had great coaches too. Chan Gailey was in the, it was, it was a bunch of great coaches. CFL, um, CFL is a great league. CFL is a great league. I'm talking the American football. CFL would probably, CFL is actually older, believe it or not, than the National Football League. All right, let me get over to this topic before we take a timeout. Can Carson Wentz be saved? Philly fans, football fans. He's been out of Philadelphia for some time now. Can he be saved? Nathan goes, no. Hey, by the way, Carson Wentz is a better football player than Geno Smith. Love the Australian League. Geno Smith is not a better player than Carson Wentz. He's not had a better career. That is not true. Not, it's not remotely close. By the way, Carson's probably had two better years than him. Not a better player. He has to first want to save himself. You can't throw a life raft to a porcupine. Interesting. Interesting. If he goes to New England. You guys must forget that Geno Smith got knocked out in the Jets locker room and no one defended him because he thought everyone thought he was a shitty clubhouse leader. You guys, you guys remember that? He got knocked out by a special teams guy. And no one, not one offensive line got up and protected him. If anybody got up and raised a hand to Jalen Hurts, you'd first have to deal with that monster on the left tackle position, Jordan Mulata. Every time someone gets a little frosty with Jalen, Jordan Mulata is right there. Okay? Sills, how do you think Wentz will do with the Eagles now? Would do with the Eagles now. I see Wentz is overrated. You weren't saying that then. Past and present, Geno's better today. Geno's had one year in his life. One. Here. Geno Smith? Really? 
Geno Smith stats. I guarantee he's older too. Guarantee he's older than Wentz. So here's Geno's stats. First two years he played, 3,000 yards, 21 interceptions, 12 touchdowns, 3,046. Completion percentage of 55. Second year was 3-10, 59.7, 2,500 yards, 13 touchdowns, 13 picks. Then from 2015, one game. 16, two games. 17, three games. 18, five games. Didn't play in 19. 20, one game. 21, four games. This last year, I played all 17. His best year in his career was one year. 69.8 percentage completion, 42.82, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. It's a heck of a year. Now let's take a look at Carson Wentz's career. Carson Wentz stats. How old is Wentz? Wentz is 30. First year starting, 62.4, 37.82. 16 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Second year, 60.2, 3296, 33 touchdowns, seven picks. It's a better career already than Geno Smith. Third year, 3074, 21 touchdowns, seven picks. 70% completion percentage. He's already a better player. 2019, 4,000 yards. Only quarterback in Eagle history to ever do that. 27 touchdowns, 7 picks. Now he's doubling them, and now he's lapping them. Indianapolis, 21, 35, 63, 27 touchdowns, 7 picks, 62.4 completion percentage. Last year, 11 touchdowns, 17.55. He was benched, 62.3. It ain't close. Wentz is a superior player to Geno Smith. Superior player to Geno Smith. Superior. Superior. Lapped him four times. Four times. Let's see. Gino got better coaching, better organization. Okay. Gino has a decent year, but he isn't sniffing once. It's not close. He's lapped him five times. But why isn't anyone knocking on Wentz's door? I know Wentz fell off, but let's not be disrespectful. Gino has one year and he's God now. I know that's the point here. Yeah, but you also have to apply that to Hertz. It's hanging in there. He's trending and younger. All that, yes. It's a different. It's it's a different dude, Tone. I got it. 
No, no, no. It's 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 different. It's different. It is. He's older. I get it. But I think it has a lot to do with coaching. And by the way, Tone goes, he has one good year, and now we're calling him God. I apply that to Hertz. He's like, I, uh, <laughs> technically. <laughs> technically. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, you know, you know, Tone, I'm going to hold that technically thing to you. Technically. <laughs> but ask the question, okay? Why isn't anyone knocking on his door, though? It's got to be what everyone says. Wentz is probably in his hunting lodge, no phones. You know what it's got to be? He's uncomfortable to be around. It's got to be that. You know how there's certain people when you get into the room, you're like, everyone's having a good time. You're talking. All of a sudden, that one family or that outsider guy walks in. It's kind of like talking sports in Philly. What does he know? Who's he? Who's he? Who's he? Who's his people? Who's this guy? What, 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 is, what does he know? What, 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 has he ever been to the plateau? Does, does he know anything? Yeah. You know? Because <laughs> the cat is out of the bag. The league knows he's a weirdo. I think, that, you know what? It's crazy. And to the point as that is, he just doesn't fit anywhere. I think that's it. Then again, I thought Belichick never fit anywhere. He had to go back and learn how to be a coach and deal with players. How did he do that? He went to the Jets when Parcells was there. He had to learn to be better with quarterbacks, which he hasn't proven yet. Talked about quarterbacks managing egos. Brady man, Dude, Brady coached Belichick when it came to the mentality part of that franchise. Brady was the smarter one. You know why? He tolerated that shit. See, Wentz is the reverse. See, Wentz is the guy, I mean, it has to be the reason that no one wanted to help him is because he's unapproachable. Looks to me when Jalen Hurts walks into a room, you, 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 you're, you're drawn to, you know how those guys are. There's guys that Dude walks into a room or anybody with a great personality, it just blows the room up and everyone, it's like a magnet. And I, there's so many great people. Like when people walk into a room, you know a guy who has, or a woman who has presence when they walk into a room. You know that. And so, dude, I don't know you can fix that. You're a weirdo, you're a weirdo. Jeff George couldn't fix it. Hertz could sell water to the ocean. That's so cool. I agree. I think I think that's exactly right. I think that's an innate skill that quarterbacks you can't coach. You either are him or not that, you know? When you're a weirdo, you're like Jay Cutler weird. I don't know where he's coming from. He's really – like, I think that – 
I think that stops Aaron Rodgers from being the success that he needs to be with those numbers that he's put up. You can't put up those kind of numbers and still be – what is he in the postseason? 12 and 10. I don't know. What is that? I, mean, I think it's because you're weird. I think Russell Wilson's weird. Patrick Mahomes? I think he relates. Remember something. The Mecca, lots of great people in history have kind of weird – have been kind of weird. Depends on how you use it. How about this then? How, how, how about this then? Weird to uncomfortable being around like that. Wentz with Tomlinson is something that could be special. Have you seen the Colts investigated for gambling? <laughs> I'm surprised they're not in, they're not being investigated for pill. Po- nah, let me stop. <laughs> uh, Dan, you see Wentz backing up Cousins, man. I would that would be I don't know. Why in the world would you want to do anything like that? Wentz and Cousins? Holy cow. First guy to this first guy to the psychiatrist's bed. Well, you know, here, here's Kirk Cousins talking to a psychiatrist. You know, I don't know what it is, but every time I see 4:30 Eastern, you know, anything after 4:30, I turn into a pumpkin. I just can't get over it. I don't know why. I turn into a pumpkin after 4:30. Well, have you ever thought of thinking and setting your watch back to, I never thought of that. Hey, maybe I'll try that. And here's Carson Wentz on a psychiatrist's uh, couch. What's the problem, Carson? Nick Foles. They got a statue out front of the place, Philadelphia. Philly fans think I'm a sorry-ass loser, but I did everything for them. I I took a hit from Jadavian Clowney, and they boo me. Okay. So you don't like your feelings hurt? No, I don't like my feelings hurt. I'm a leader. Are you? Hey, those two guys on a psychiatrist. I mean, seriously, those two guys could make a psychiatrist a billionaire. I mean, I just don't know, man. I had, you know, I had Stefan Diggs. Now I got Justin Jefferson. And every time after 4:30, I turn into a pumpkin. <laughs> okay. Night games for cousins. <laughs> hey, hey, Kevin, don't let it hit midnight, man. The carriage turns into a pumpkin, <laughs> and the and the glass slipper, man, <laughs> falls off. I got a feeling that's what's going to happen to Penny's Jones in New York. Dimes Jones, man, you give a guy forty six million dollars. Good luck. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's going to work out well. <laughs> Cosmo Sills. All of us having a good time here with you. And there's the Niners giving off weird vibes. Dude, well, Niner guy is a weird vibe. Okay? It's a weird vibe in the place. Got everything except what? The quarterback. You got quarterbacks airmailing it, or a quarterback airmailing it in a bag drill. Dude, I told you. Anytime you serve white wine spritzers or lemon seltzers at a football game, what, what do you want me to say? <laughs> a seltzer or white wine spritzer? Or Malo? Dude, this is not a patio where I'm having drinks and food and appetizers. I want a beer and a dog. 
what do you mean you want a dog? We don't serve hot dogs in Santa Clara. <laughs> this is Napa country. Napa country? The hell's that? <laughs> Have you never been to Silverado? Silverado? It's like a psychiatrist's place. Isn't that like a crazy house? Isn't that like a crazy house? It's not a crazy house. Silverado is a white wine winery. <laughs> Why do you shake your head like that? I don't know. Because <laughs> I'm friends with Carson Wentz. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I, I had gone to the stick before, sat in the stands. The guy came over to me, man. He goes, gave me, offered me, Niner, I hate to do it to you, man. Guy offered me one of them little wiener dogs on a, like on a toothpick. I was like, what in God's name is this? And he goes, it's a wiener dog. Haven't you ever had a wiener dog? I'm like, on a toothpick? <laughs> I go, well, how many of those things do you think? <laughs> how many of those things do you think Big Sills could eat at one time? A hundred? <laughs> so they, they gave me a wiener dog. On a toothpick, I say, well, you better give me 50 of them. <laughs> and the guy, hey, and, and and the guy was looking at me, he goes, you're kidding, right? I'm like, no, I'm not kidding. You better give me about 50 of them. They're about this big. It's like, what are you talking about? Wiener dog. Do I look like a wiener dog? <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, guy. And the Super Bowl 60s there. Wiener dog or Brie? Uh, that's one Super Bowl I won't be going to. <laughs> I won't be fed well. <laughs> and Merlot, Chardonnay, lemon seltzer. I don't want any of that. <laughs> uh, so here, in the end with Wentz, I don't know, man. I I think it's got more to do with being uncomfortable around people. Isn't that the craziest thing on the planet? Wentz is not getting calls to be on a football team because people think he's weird. They think he's weird. So what do you think about Wentz in San Francisco? Oh, I'd love to see that. Wentz? Sam Darnold and last chance Lance. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if, if I were the Eagle fans, I'd be doing a petition right now. Niner fans, you should sign Carson Wentz. <laughs> you see, the four, the Eagle fans have, don't you agree, Tone? Eagle fans have two things going. They, they have a, um, they have all these guys that petition the NFL every year to make sure that Jerry Jones still owns the Cowboys. And now what they're going to do is they're going to get people that are going to make sure that Carson Wentz lands in San Francisco to undermine that thing too. Hell, you got Josh Harris now owning the commanders. What more do you want? You have the whole division wrapped up pretty soon. <laughs> hey, you got hey, pretty soon you're going to have the whole division wrapped up. <laughs> ah. Hey, Josh Harris is the owner of the commanders. I think Wednesday's meeting with the finance people. If I'm an Eagle person, I'm like this. Well, that guy has completely effed up the Sixers. You really think he's going to turn around the commanders? What we give you that idea? <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, hey, believe in the process. Hey, hey, Tone. This is Big Sills from like 20,000 feet looking at you going, hey, believe in the process. <laughs> What's the process? Tanking? Shit, there's been more tanking in, in Philadelphia by Josh Harris than any owner in the history, and that includes Donald Sterling. <laughs> uh, hey, you got no chance. Yeah, that's it right there. No chance, Lance. You got a new one. You got a new one, right? Hey, you guys have been awesome. I really appreciate you guys coming aboard, man. Way to kick Monday off. Dude, we're so close, man. We're we're now like a month and a half out from the start of training camps. Man, I still think there's one more big move that Howie's going to make. I really do. God bless all you guys. I'll see you tomorrow. By the way, Tone, spectacular stuff as always. Man, I love working with Tone. He's so good. Um, Xander, thank you. Big Joe, thank you. Tomorrow, 3 to 6. Till then, we'll see you on the flip side. run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island so leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.